Yo. Yo. What up? How you doing? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, damn, I got my cords all tangled up. Is Shit. that a metaphor for your life, or you just, it's literally <laughs> cords? <laughs> my, uh, my cords are tangled up too, man. It, it, uh, yeah, 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 it could be a metaphor for my life, <laughs> yeah. but my my cords are actually tangled up. But whatever, it's okay. It's okay. I got enough slack. Uh, happy Sunday! Happy Sunday, man. Yeah, yeah. What's what's going on in the world of uh, Graham? Uh, not much. It's uh, one of my guitar's birthdays today. <laughs> so that, that's a, as exciting oh. as it is for me. Which one? Let's see it. I mean, for those who are listening, I mean, right here. everybody who's listening, they can't see it, but... This is a uh, 1992 uh, Les Paul Custom. And yeah, it turned 30 today. Oh, nice. Hey, happy birthday to the Les Paul Custom. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's and actually... I know this, hmm? this is this is a, 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 uh, an audio podcast, There's no, <laughs> but he, Graham just presented it to me. It's beautiful. I think it's you. black, which I like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's got strings. That's it has six of them. And you know, if you actually, if you go to my Instagram for my music, uh, Gray House Music, you'll see a picture of it there. Okay, yeah. I, I wished it happy birthday there too, because that's as exciting as my day has been. Hey, more exciting than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, not much, man. Like I, I went, I woke up, had breakfast, went to the gym, had a terrible workout. Nice. Uh, and then came home, took a shower and now I'm here talking to you. So that's not bad. That's been my day. I, uh, I had work at my client pushed the session later. I was supposed to go work out with a friend of mine, uh, to box with a friend of mine. But then my client pushed later, so I couldn't go. So I haven't gotten my workout in. So I feel just like a lazy, fat piece of shit. Yeah. So I, after I, this, I'll, I'll work out. I feel like that even after having gone to the gym. <laughs> yeah. All I did was cardio. And, you know, I worked out yesterday and did uh, my chest. But I'm still looking at these cords. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know what it is? I've, I've got my controller plugged in to my PC and it's tangling up all of my shit. All right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, you, did <laughs> I you work know. out? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I worked cardio. out. Yeah. I just did cardio. I, I wanted to, and, and I wasn't trying to lift too heavy because like on Sundays I, I choose not to do anything too crazy right. or whatever. Cause like yesterday I had a really good workout. So today I'm like, okay, look, I'll go in, I'll do my cardio, and if the uh, pull-up apparatus is available, I'll do that. Um, and if there's room for me to do my ab wheel, I'll do that. There wasn't room for the ab wheel; it was like packed. And this is and this is another thing too, where I'm like, February, I miss, baby. I miss the days of the. Not not the lockdowns. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like when things start to open back up again, I really enjoyed the days where I could go to the gym and there were still people, I guess, they were scared or just not willing to go to the gym. 
But them days, at least in L.A. and Culver City, are long fast. So it yeah. was packed. Yeah, a few months so, by by April, half of those people will be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a, it was just packed when I went, and I yeah, went early, so maybe that was a problem too. Yeah, and it's it's the New Year, New Me crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They'll, they'll fall off when they realize it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah, this is just you every day now. It fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, for me though, it is fun. It's yeah. fun and it's therapeutic. Yeah. But I at least I was like, eh, oh, fuck it, whatever. I'll, I did my cardio, so I'm good. I did like an hour of that, so. Hey, I did something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I woke up early. I did my workout super early. I had a packed day yesterday of work. And uh, so I did my workout at like 7 a.m. And I was like, okay, good. Like, I'm going to start, I got to start just doing my workouts early because, you know, your schedules change and like whatever. And yeah. I'm just, I'm not, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically able to get in good workouts later in the day right now, especially like when Grayson's home, I'm just too fucking tired by the end of the day. And like, I, just, I don't have it in me to push through that right now. So I was like, okay, well the only other option is I got to do it early. Um, either I, either I do it early and I just get it done and I, you know, suffer a little bit by waking up an hour, like do my workout at 6am or something, or I don't, and I keep missing workouts and I keep hating myself for it, which is harder than waking up an hour earlier to yeah. do my workout. Oh, uh, it really is. It's way harder. Really so is. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do my fucking workouts early. Don't be a little baby. Um, so I did it yesterday. It was great. And then like my, I did like my, my back and then I boxed for a while. And then um, this morning I just didn't fucking do it. I was like, God damn it. So, uh, <laughs> so I just got, you know, I got to like force it in my routine. Okay, tomorrow morning, first thing, I'm gonna do my workout. Yeah. That is the life, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm the same way. Like when it comes to my workout, I cannot do a late afternoon uh, evening workout. I just can't. Yeah. You know, the sun starts to set and I don't know what it is. Like just knowing that the sun is no longer present or is not about to be soon it just fucks with me mentally. Yeah. And I really can't get the same kind of workout. I, I got to do it early in the day. So I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a window where it's like, okay, <clears throat> I, I missed it in order, in order for me to still get it done at this point, I have to like have insane willpower and I, you know, I'm a fucking 40 year old single dad. I just don't got it, man. I just, <laughs> just got to do it earlier, man. <laughs> I don't. Hey, I, I I feel you, brother. I don't even have a kid, and I feel the same. I feel that same way. I yeah, really do. Life is is fucking beating us down every day right now for years. Hey, what is what is this ring that you're? Oh, it's a affixing? light. It's a light. Is that a light? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's this light. What is? Uh, oh, but okay. It, it, it it's. It's a it beautifying was, light. Is it? Is it? Is that the type of the gimmick where it's like it makes you look? better on screen than you would normally well i don't know is it working let me turn it off <laughs> it's working say. It's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely working um but it, you know, it, was, it was mad cheap it was like 12 dollars, and it was worth every penny because it's it's fucking broken the oh man I, I should get one of those pieces yeah yeah you should plastic piece fell off but um yeah it's like 12 bucks a ring light just ring light. It's like okay. usb i just plug it into my computer Nah, yeah, I should invest in one of those. Yeah, man. Maybe not get the twelve dollar version. You know, maybe probably, the fifteen. Probably upgrade a little bit. I, yeah. I, I, sh I should have upgraded a little bit. 
The fifteen or twenty dollar version? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's done me well for I don't know. Eight months or something like that. So uh, do you was, do you use that for your uh your online and mm-hmm. sessions and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But oh, you that, got some Starbucks. Dude, I, yeah, some- I was just I was just gonna <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a giant Starbucks cup. You it's got the, there. It's the biggest cup they have, man. I I was so tired all day today, and I don't know why. Um, and uh, normally I don't drink caffeinated coffee. I drink decaf. But I was like, "Fuck, man, I'm so tired. I I want to get a bunch of shit done." So I was like, "I'm gonna go get some coffee." And I just got this uh, giant ass cold brew iced coffee. Yeah, how much does that cost you? Like seven dollars. Um, that's a good question. I used my rewards point, so it didn't cost me anything. Oh, nice. But I think it's like oh. four, four bucks or something like that. They got a reward system at Starbucks now? Oh, yeah, man. You can get an app on your phone. You don't even have to take out your wallet. You just scan the app. And yeah, you, every time you buy, it builds up points. And you get oh. you can get like as shitty as Starbucks is, like as a company to their employees and just how they're, they're not pricing, though. Wait, 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 wait. They're pretty they're shitty. Not. They're pretty shitty. They're, they're better than most. That's, they that's get, not saying something. That's like saying but, Biden is better than Trump. Like they're both shitty. <laughs> well, Biden is way better than Trump. Yeah, but, he, but he's also shitty. Bad. He's a bad, bad, bad guy. Yeah, but he respects the, the democratic process. Kind of. So kind of. It's not too bad. What do you mean, kind of? <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, the bar is low. For companies and corporations, like, the bar is low. To say, like, Starbucks is, like, super good isn't great. Like, they were they were union busting, too. It's not good. It's I'm not, not saying good. they're super great. Yeah. All I know all I know from Starbucks is that, you know, they give their employees uh, uh, benefits, mm-hmm. medical, and all that. That's, like, not a lot of companies do that. So Sure. <laughs> but again, yeah, no, hey, hey, that's again, a good thing. I'm not it, gonna it, shit it on is a, it. Is a good thing. It is a good thing because um, a lot of a lot of these fast food places don't do that. You know, so it's true. It's true. I, look, I'm not saying like there's nothing good about them. It's like, uh, you know, it's like Joe Rogan or something like that. Like, no, got, it ain't got, like Joe Rogan. He's got some good qualities, but like, you know, he's kind of a dipshit. But he's got some good qualities. <laughs> or anybody for that, or anything for that matter. Like most things, yeah, something something decent. You know, Gandhi. Gandhi said some good things, but he's like a legit piece of shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't know much about Gandhi outside yeah, he's the a, whole. He's a piece of shit. Peace <laughs> and love that he was doing. He's Is a, he a piece he, of shit? He's a for real, like Mother Teresa level piece of shit. What? Mother Teresa's a piece of shit too. What? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah, we can save it for another podcast because like that shit gets dark with all with both of them. Yeah. Like M- yeah. Mother Teresa, like the conditions of her missions were, were like uh people were descri- like the people in them were describing them as like like a nightmarish hellscape like no medical attention they were reusing needles reusing blankets um they were uh, her whole thing was like yeah you have to suffer for god like and these people that went to her for help and she was like nah fuck you and she was taking all this money she was getting and not using it for her missions and then she was like real real good friends with a bunch of ruthless dictators and like her whole th- her whole story is <laughs> fucked up, man. She's she was an evil lady, like not not a, not a bad person, an evil lady. And, could it and, could it could it be? And I don't know much about Mother Teresa or Gandhi for that matter. But yeah. could it be just based on where they were? They had to make alliances with people, no. dictators, 
around them that they didn't want to, but they had to just for the betterment of whatever it is that they were trying to do. Because sometimes you got to play ball where it's like, look, I don't, I'm not agreeing with you about this. I don't like you in in your stances and your political no. views, but no, no, she, I need she, she she sought them out and was just friends with them. They were giving her nothing as far as like her work or her quote work that she was doing. She was just friends with them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. She she's she's like a, a real bad person. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of other shit too. Like I had, I had read like a bunch of different sources. I, two years ago or something like that, I went like a on a deep dive because I couldn't believe it because since we were kids, it's like Mother Teresa was like the, the yeah, term like a saint. to describe yeah. a good person. Um, but, you know, like so many things, especially if, it, you know, coming from this country or like a, any religious spin, it's like pretty horrific and evil. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she was certainly no exception. Um no. Yeah, and Gandhi was like, um, he, I mean, he's a Nazi sympathizer, and uh, so like right off the bat, you're like, oh, okay, you're a horrible monster, and he, um, wait, he was a Nazi sympathizer, mm-hmm. and Gandhi, yeah, in what way? Like, I mean, you, like, uh, like how? Like, let's let's look it up. I don't want to. Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, but there was also something. I don't know if like he was like anti. Like he wouldn't let the, his, was his wife or girlfriend, whatever, like the woman, his partner, uh, yeah. she was like dying or something like that. And he was like, no, you can't use medicine because it's, you know, up to God's will or whatever. And um, she, she was like suffering horribly and he wouldn't let her do it. And then like when he got sick, he like immediately went to the hospital and shit like that. Uh, oh. Let me see. Uh, bad. Well, that's no, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Damn, that sounds um, like uh, Trump talking all this shit about yeah. medicine. And then as soon as he gets yeah. COVID, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> credit to all the doctors who saved my life. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, here, let's see. Uh, and I, I know he was like super sexist, too. Like he viewed women as objects and things like that. Um, yeah, but a lot of people did back in those days. Yeah, but they should be held accountable for that shit. Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't. By like, yeah, I'm not um, saying they shouldn't, but, you know, I, I, I'm, for me, I just, I put all this stuff in context where it's like, you know, the the time being what it was, the place that they grew up being what it was. It's like, it's, yeah, we can look at it now in like 2022 and be like, oh, man, you fucking a monster. Like, Here's not... A, yeah. Thinking I that a woman, saying. yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, but there were a ton of people who were not like that too, in in the same time. I know, I know. You know what I mean? I like, like I, I, I get the argument of like when you watch like old television and you're like, damn, some of this shit is crazy, like racist or sexist, and like because like you know the whole culture was just all in that direction, moving in that right. direction. I totally get it. I totally understand. But these people are a little different. These were like, um, like actively bad people like going way beyond just like oh just like culturally we don't respect women to like no no, no i'm gonna actively <laughs> like <laughs> fuck, fuck these hoes man i'm gonna like <laughs> yeah G- gandhi was all about it um let me see well, it, well here wait six things you didn't know about gandhi it's hard to look this stuff up on the fly um let's see, see. now being the google master that i am oh, i probably please. could have but i i <laughs> that's true it's true it's my fault i'm messing it up i'm just choosing not to because I'm making a, I'm making a point. 
Um, oh fuck! I'll have to find it later. It's too. I'm under too much pressure right now. All right, no worries. No All worries. this dead air. But yes, apparently, uh, uh, Gandhi was was a fairly bad guy. Mother Teresa. It's it's pretty well documented that like. Yeah, because she was getting millions and millions and millions of dollars, and none of that was going to help the people that she was supposed to care for. Oh wow! Yeah, and she was like like big on money, like she liked money too. Um, there's all this shit. Who that do, just gets I mean, who out. doesn't though? Yeah, who yeah, doesn't? Yeah. Well, the the person who's supposed to be a saint. That's who. <laughs> that's who. Okay, but uh, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. I don't know a lot about Mother Teresa outside of just like you said the platitudes that you get, where it's like, yeah. oh, she's like a Mother Teresa, like. Mm-hmm. I've never researched her or whatever, uh, but people are people, and people, as we as we as we both know, people are not the best people. Yeah, <laughs> because we're people, and right. we're kind of we're kind of shitty. You like, know the thing I love about you the most, Brian, is your vocabulary and how articulate you are. <laughs> 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 no, but you're right. You're, 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 right. you're right. Of course. Of course you're right. Uh, yeah. I guess there's like an inherent problem in like putting anyone up on a on pedestal. A, yeah. 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 But you know, if, yeah. if it's, if it's your whole thing of like, if your whole thing is like, I help people because I love God and God tells me to help people. And then you're like not helping people. <laughs> then it's like, okay, well, <laughs> this is fair not enough. Good. This is fair enough. Good. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. It's yeah. like, yeah, if if that's your whole brand or your gimmick, yeah, and it comes out that you're actually not doing any of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll like, to, like, like these um, Minneapolis police, like they just killed another young man in his home. Yeah, I saw that the other day. And lied yeah. their asses off about it. Like, oh yeah, we knocked. We identified ourselves and then the video comes out they didn't do any of that shit they just walked in and shot this young kid yeah and then i don't know if you saw there was a journal I'm, i should do better and have all these people's names if i'm talking about them but they were given a press conference the police and a journalist stood up and was like no I, you got i'm not and she literally stood up in front of everybody on tv and was like i'm not letting you get away with this you're not whitewashing this you did not knock you did not identify yourselves he was in his own home with his own gun you had no right to be in there she was like he's, he's, i was it was amazing but yeah. yeah, yeah, I uh, I saw or read about what happened, and uh, it was another instance of uh, the whole uh, what what they call it the uh, the no knock. Yeah, no knock warrants. Uh, no knock warrants, and and I also I, yeah I, I read that you know he had a gun next to him, but I'm like for me it's like well that is immaterial. To the whole point of what it is you guys are trying to do. You broke into the wrong person's house. He was not there. He was not a suspect. Whether he had a gun close to him or not is immaterial to the fact that you broke into the wrong person's apartment yeah, and you, you killed him. You did a home invasion. It's a home, yeah, the cops did a home invasion. Like, yeah. There's just no, yeah, no. And, like, and, there's got to be accountability for that. Yeah, and, and and it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't say... It's legal and lawful to own a gun in your own home and then shoot somebody who has a gun in their own home. You in their home, yeah. You can't have it both ways. Like, it doesn't work like that. You're and yet yeah. it does. And yet it does. Because of white supremacy. That's what all this to, shit is. Yeah. 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 Hey, so you mentioned Joe Rogan mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, 
What are your thoughts on the whole thing that's going down with him? Oh, and the, the N word. Have, right have you? Well, have you listened to any of his podcasts at all? Yeah, I used to listen to Joe Rogan. Um, not like religiously. I was never one of those guys who's like fucking Rogan, bro. Yeah. But I, I listened to him and I, I liked him as a comedian. Um, he's a really good uh, fight analyst. You know, he's a lifelong martial artist. He knows a lot about it. But I used to listen or listen or watch his podcast because he would bring scientists on and just talk to them. And it would blow my fucking mind. I was like, holy shit. Like, I can just listen to scientists talk about shit in a way that because they're trying to make it accessible for him to understand and he doesn't know anything. So they would speak in a way that like I could fucking understand. Yeah. yeah. And it was amazing. And and at that time, this like a few years back, um, my view on Rogan was like, Oh, he, he, I don't agree with everything he says and he can be kind of like a meathead, but he's, he was always very willing to be like, Oh, I don't know what the answer of this is. So let me talk to somebody who does. And then if he was wrong, he would immediately like, Oh, okay, well let me, let me change my idea. Yeah, let me reassess. Yeah. Yeah. So he was very like, I was like, wow, this guy is really impressive in that he will openly admit he doesn't know things and then change his opinions based on what facts and evidence. And um, like I said, he would get a little broy and meatheady with some guests, and I, just, I wouldn't listen to those episodes because it just it didn't do anything for me. And then I remember he started doing, and I was also very impressed. Like he put all of his friends on. Like all these other yeah. comedians, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, fucking, uh, to some extent, Bill Burr. Bill Burr was doing his own thing anyway, but like um, Ari Shafir, who's not funny, uh, and a bunch of other people, Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen. He put all of his friends on and made all of them successful. And I was like, wow, that's like, what a great guy. Um, like Adam Sandler in a sense. Yeah, you know? totally. Totally yeah. like Adam Sandler. Like, wow, how yeah. generous he is, like making sure his friends get successful and i was like that's fucking rad um and then so a few years ago him because uh, he's like a lifelong martial artist he's fucking jacked he takes steroids and hgh he's all fucking cut up uh, he, he's open about that too he does um him this other comedian ari shafir who's wildly unfunny uh another comedian tom segura who's super funny and then this other comedian burt kreischer is also funny tom and burt are super fat and they started doing this thing called Sober October where they would, for a month, not drink, smoke, anything. And they would do like a fitness challenge. And they initially started doing it for Bert, who was like like a dangerous alcoholic. Like it's too much. Yeah. They, started, they started doing it for him. And the first year it went really well. They were inspiring people. They had a great time. And then I think maybe the second year or the third year, I don't remember. Ari Shafir didn't like it didn't want to do it. And he went to Bert's house before it started, before the month started. He went to Bert's house and dosed him unknowing with fuck. I forgot. Was it Molly? Um, Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Um, he roofied him. He roofied him. Uh, let me see real quick. Just so I can get it right. Um, Bert Kreischer. All right. Shafir. Um, I think it was Molly. Yeah, he put Molly in his drink without him knowing. In his house, his wife and daughters were like in the next room. He fucking slipped Molly in his drink. Um, Bert is on like heart medication and stuff. He almost died. He had to go to the hospital. Ari did it on purpose. Like he went there with the intention to do this. 
So it was this whole thing. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I, I didn't like Ari before. He didn't seem like a good guy. And he's and not funny. Yeah. After like a couple months, they all had a podcast about it. Uh, Joe, Bert, Tom, and Ari. They all sat down and were having a podcast. And they started talking about it. And this was a few years ago now. And this, this was the last time I listened to that show. And it was because during the episode, they start bringing it up. And Tom is like silent the whole time. You could tell he's just so fucking upset. And he, you know, Bert is Tom's best friend. Yeah. And Tom is just basically, and, and they're talking about it. And then at some point, Ari starts going like, well, I just, I didn't want to do this fucking sober October thing and you make me do it. And nobody's saying like, you're a grown man. You don't have to do this. Like you're electing to do this. And then also whether you want to do it or not is not grounds for you drugging and almost killing a man in yeah. his house with his family next to him. Nobody's calling him out on it. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? This is awful. Like they almost killed this guy. And then at a certain point, Joe and Ari both start like blaming Bert for what happened. And you can, you, you can watch the show on YouTube. You can literally watch this man's heart break on camera because his friends are blaming him for trauma that was inflicted upon him. It was fucking horrifying. And I was just oh. like, you know what? Uh, I, nope, I'm done. Like I can't, yeah. I can't, I, I and that was what, like two or three years ago. And um, yeah. And then shortly after that was when like he got the Spotify deal for whatever it was, a hundred million or 300 million or whatever it was. Yeah. And it, there does seem to be, and then the, you know, COVID happened and then Joe started talking about like California's taking our freedom away. So I'm going to move to Texas, a state where they ban books. Like, and then yeah. for some reason I have freedom there. There, it, there seems to, be, and then like all of his friends started moving there too, which I was like, that's fucking weird, man. It's like super culty. And like, cause they all, you know, like I said, Joe put them on. So they all have like a, a loyalty, which I get, but nobody's calling him on anything. And, um, yeah, it just started. Oh, like this is like a cult. Like they don't know it, but nobody is holding him responsible for shit. They're all following is doing what he says, even if he doesn't tell them to do it. They're just doing it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And then, and then now he's like super not anti-vax, but super anti-COVID vax, and he's fucking telling people not to get vaccinated. And then, and yeah, it's like he said, like I've heard him, you know, say dumb ignorant racist shit not like aggressive racist shit but ignorant racist shit a lot uh in the past so like this thing that came up with that episode where he was saying that like oh i went to a movie in a black neighborhood and i was like i was in planet of the apes and then he says yeah, like, yeah. Okay, n-word a bunch of times in that show too and then like his apology was not an apology <laughs> at all did you hear it i did i did uh i I have listened to a couple episodes of his podcast. Um, have watched probably I've watched probably, I've watched more clips on YouTube. Yeah, than listening to actual full episodes. Um, and the opinion that I that I formed of Joe Rogan is that just like what you said, like at least from what I saw, like he seemed to be a guy. I mean, he's very into that broness. Yeah, but he also seemed open. To learning to learning new information. Totally. When he had a guest on talking about whatever. And he would and and the one like he would have guests that were, you know, uh, you know, what what like, 
you know, left wing, right wing. Like mm-hmm. he's had some crazy fucking guests from both sides of the spectrum. I never once in listening, and again, like my experience listening to him was not all that much, but I never got the sense that I would say that, oh, this guy's a racist. Right. Uh, he's just a guy who's got a show, brings on guests, he talks to them, they will introduce, you know, a theory or whatever the fuck, whether it's, you know, someone crazy far to the right or crazy, you know, or, or left, whatever. And he would just be there to to listen and to kind of gauge their questions. Um, but again, like that was like my experience with him is very, very small. Yeah. Um him having all these guests on him, his whole like my opinion of him changed when he got COVID. Yeah. And because I knew of his platform and his reach and how it's like he like he's got like the most widely listened to podcasts in the world in the world yeah and he you know when he got covid he was talking about how he's doing you know halachloroquine and basically everything other than just getting the fucking yeah. vaccine ivermectin and yeah yeah and it's like dude it's like you know you are influencing a lot of people here um and i and yeah and him you know amir was the first guy to tell me about Joe Rogan, how he was going to leave L.A. to go to mm-hmm. Texas because it's like the Wild West over there. Like, they don't give a shit about, you know, COVID or all that. And I'm like, oh, well, OK, well, that, that was like clue number one. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah, long story short, like his whole. I haven't heard enough of what well, I guess he is anti-vax because I don't even know if he's been vaccinated, but I, I seriously doubt that. Yeah. But his like that to me was like, OK, now, now you just spitting out falsehoods yeah. about the vaccine. And, you know, you have a lot of people listening to you who listen to you about things that, yeah. you know, you're not a doctor. We, we always talk about this. You know, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. Uh, there are people who spend their entire careers and lives working on a thing. Um, you know, when it comes to medicine, like, you know, Fauci and all that, like these guys who that is our whole career is trying to figure out these pathogens and what we can do yeah. to safeguard ourselves. And so to have a guy like Joe Rogan out here who has the bandwidth that he does spouting out nonsense. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like you, <laughs> you've got the pulpit. Like you've got a lot of people listening to you Yeah, and they're hearing you and you're not a scientist, you know, nothing about, and, and, and he it's not that he, says that he is yeah but that's not even the point because again you know people are people and people a lot of people are stupid and they they kind of fall into the cult of everybody's personality right it's like the same thing with trump you right. know uh oh he's a celebrity like well joe rogan did this like he must know that's right and it's like no joe rogan don't know shit about it when it comes to the science um and, 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 and so that joe rogan or any rich person or especially a rich celebrity like when you have hundreds of millions of dollars behind you, you can afford to be an idiot. Yeah. He, can, he can fly in the best doctors in the world if he needs. He can fly to the best doctors in the world on a private plane or helicopter, like at a moment's notice. He can afford to make the worst decision. Yeah. You, who have fucking whatever, like bills piling up on your counter or fucking acoustic ceiling, you can't afford that shit. Whoever you are listening, like you fucking can't afford 
to live the way he's living because he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And you yeah. can't. And he, he's he's in the one percent. Like that's what people don't understand. Like his there seems to be a dollar amount that people hit where they turn very right wing. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's something there. Uh, well, so it's, it's when your money, like you just said, when you have so much wealth that you're safeguarded. Yeah. No matter what. Right. Uh, you got a medical emergency, you know, forget COVID. It could be anything. Yeah. Uh, you're getting the best treatment. Yeah. If it's COVID, you're getting the best treatment. Uh, and it's not anything you have to go out of your way. Like it's right. not going to bankrupt you. Like right. you right. Have if, if your house burns means. down, you can just buy another house. Like that's how, right. that's how wealthy. Is yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I agree. And then like, you know, his whole thing about like, well, you just got to work out and be healthy. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's true for anything. Like that's his big yeah. argument against the COVID information now is like, why aren't they pushing being healthy? And I agree that like, I do too. And that's our, the thing. That's a, that's the thing with him is that he's misinformed in a lot of ways, but it is true. It's like, yes. and, and uh, there are doctors who are saying, it's like, look, you know, COVID, you can look at the numbers. Like it does. You're much more susceptible, susceptible to, really suffering the ills of this virus if you are overweight totally if you are of a certain age um you know so that is there and honestly i think you know i think the administration whether it was you know when trump was in office and fuck him or even now like i think if you're going to try to tell people like yes there is a vaccine everybody should get it yeah um i've got my two and i'm boosted uh as as have you same yeah but it also is a thing where it's like, look, you know, this thing really is attacking people. Yeah. If you're if your health is not good, it's just making it worse for you. And, and I do think that the government should push that. Absolutely. But at the same time, that is not the catch all. Yeah. You know, it's not the the only thing. Yeah. It's Hel just healthy a thing. people get it and healthy people get fucked up from it too. Yeah. And it's like, yes, having good nutrition or at least semi decent nutrition and daily exercise helps with every single thing. doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Like, you know, number one recommendation for depression, anxiety, stress, fucking heart, this and that, uh, joints, this and that, muscle that is diet, nutrition, or nutrition and exercise. Like, yes, of course. But that doesn't mean anything. That, that, that It's like, it's weird. He's, and what most people do, I guess, but like to go like, well, you just got to work out and be healthy. And it's like, no, man. That's not it at all. And it's not just about you. What about other, you can have it, be asymptomatic exactly, as yeah. a healthy person, be asymptomatic and just spread the motherfucker. So yeah. you, you're, I heard him, I, I just saw, I just saw this segment of the show and it was like, I saw the conversation that led up to it. And after it wasn't like edited to make it sound like this, this is what the conversation was. He was talking to a woman. I don't know what her background was. Um, and I don't know what episode it was. You can find it. Uh, he was talking to this very attractive woman. Um, and they were talking about like the lockdowns in Australia. And they were saying, they were saying like, yeah, they can't go out at all. They have a curfew and they have to be locked in. And it's fucking bullshit. They're taking away their, like they were saying, like they're taking away their freedom. And they're like, bring up the, you know, Jamie, his little uh, producer guy. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, pull up a number of deaths in Australia and it was like eight people and they were like kind of joking like it's only eight people like it's like one it's that's eight people man yeah eight, eight people died like that's what the fuck and also 
Eight people. Eight people. Eight people. Thank you. So he was. What is our death count uh, for COVID in this country? A million. We're approaching a million. Yeah, getting close. Yeah. So he was literally arguing the efficacy of something with the proof that it worked, or he was arguing against it with the proof against that it worked. Against it, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you're a fucking moron. Like you're. This is not misinformation. This is you don't understand. The reason they have only eight people is because they're locked down. Yeah. Like how how because, does that not make sense? Because they did what was necessary. It's the same thing. Like Australia, uh, what was it? New Zealand. New Zealand. Also yeah. Went the same way where they locked. It's like no one's coming in. A bunch of no one's going out. Taiwan had like really low because they were just like, yeah, fucking stay inside. Wear the mask. They're, they're a mask culture anyway. Like it's yeah. Asian countries. It's like yeah, you get sick, you put a mask on. Like that's. That's the standard operating procedure. That's not weird. Um, so yeah, like, you know, so now my opinion of him is just, has been plummeting. Cause it's like, fuck dude. Like I know you're inherently probably a good person. Um, I still believe like, yeah, you're a very generous person and you have a ton of life experience and you, you, that's all great, but that doesn't matter when your, your influence on the world is now very harmful. It's like Kanye yeah. West. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm sure you, there's a lot of great things about you, but you are making the world a worse place with your behavior now. And, and like you're in a position, I feel like Joe Rogan behaves as if he's still just a comedian doing a podcast in his garage. Because he, he that's started the thing. podcasting yeah, that's, that's, that's at the, the beginning thing. Yeah. of podcasts. Like when they started, he was like one of the first guys. So it's like he still thinks or behaves like, oh, it's just me in my basement. And it's like, no, motherfucker. Yeah, it's not you in your basement when you got fucking Elon Musk on your show. Yeah, it's like you were you were now you were now influencing a large swath of the swath of the population, and yes, your show might have started out, which is you doing your show from your basement. But it's again, like I was surprised to find out that he had the viewership that he that he has. It's like the most listened to podcast in the fucking world. Yeah, is yours. Yeah, and with that comes responsibility 100 it just does it just it does. just does it just does that, that's and, absolutely and, right and i and i and i'm with you like i don't think joe rogan is a bad man at his core i really don't and Same. like i saw he had a like i saw his video where he was apologizing about his use of uh, the n-word and i thought that it was i actually i thought that it was sincere i really did and i like that he even said he's like look you know you Anytime someone accuses you of being racist and then it's like, that's never a good, and he, he said this and I, I'm, I'm, you know, saying this, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically was like, look, you know, anytime you get accused of being a racist and then that's on you, you kind of have to realize it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. What have I done to even have that, 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 that accusation leveled at me. And I, I give him credit for that, but I think, you know, for him, like he just needs to realize and understand uh, his reach yeah. and what he is saying matters to a lot of people, whether he thinks it's just bullshit and like, oh, I'm having my friends on and we're talking about whatever. It's like, bro, you've got a lot of people that listen to you and think that whatever comes out of your mouth is gospel. That's right. And with that comes responsibility that you need to be aware of. Yeah. Especially and him, know. Like, he talks so much about like the way society 
works. He's very well aware of how that shit works. Like whoever is the most popular is going to be seen as that they're can, that they're delivering truthful information. Like he, he knows that's how it works, whether yeah. he likes it or not. Like, and like his, I don't think he's a racist person either. I think he's the type of racist that is just an ig- ignorance. It's not right. Racist. Right. He just it's, doesn't it's know. Ignorant. Yeah. It's just. It's ignorant. Know. Yeah. He's just it's ignorant about a lot of things. Yeah. I have a a friend who said to me the other day. She's white, and she was like, um, "Yeah, I, every day I try to feel the shame of." what my ancestors did to minorities. And I'm like, what? I I understand like you're coming from a good place, but that's like a really weird thing to say. And I think that leads you to, cause like she has some weird experiences. Like when she talks to minorities, people of color. Yeah. Where like, she's like, she'll, she's like, I didn't mean it to sound like this, but it came out weird. And I'm like, yeah, it's cause you're not behaving like this is a normal person. Right. You're, you're behaving like you have to act a certain way to fit in with the, you. You don't see this person as a regular person. Yeah. And that's like and that when people talk about, I guess, like, I guess that's white guilt, I guess. I, I don't feel that way. So it's just like I, I use my voice and my vote and my dollar to fight for people, everybody. But like, I don't look at a person of color and be like, oh, I better go, like, make sure that I make amends for fucking uh, whatever. It's just fucking weird because then I'm not going to yeah. be able to interact with them authentically. That is fucking weird. And I will just say to anybody listening, our our five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? We're like right behind Joe Rogan. Is Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this podcast Way is going to send us over. Way behind. Yeah. Spotify. Go ahead. I know you, you suck and everything. I don't like you, but like we'll take that hundred million. Yeah. Uh, I will just say that, you know, every white person, if they were just more like you. The Thank world you, would be a much better place. Thank you, because brother. everything you said is so true. It's you know, we became friends off of the fact that I thought you were just a cool individual, and I guess you thought the same of me, and we became friends. Yeah, not once and not not once ever did I ever even think about the fact that oh, well, Graham's white. Same. So <laughs> same. he. So he so so he must feel or he has to feel a certain way about what his ancestors did. I'm like, first of all, I don't even know your fucking ancestors. <laughs> uh, it, it would be half because half of my side is Jewish. They definitely did. They didn't do this shit. Yeah, but okay, my dad's yeah. side, my dad's side for sure, probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe but the I thing don't know. is, but the thing is, like, the only way to break free from all of this shit. It's just it's like I never I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, saying you because we're talking yeah, yeah, my yeah. friend. Yeah. But I, I, I've got a lot of white friends and I've met a lot of good white people in yeah. my life. And it's like I never bring that in to my interactions with them. Right. The fact that, oh, you're white, I'm black, maybe somewhere down in your history. And honestly, possibly. Sure. You know, it, it comes down like your lineage has slaves or whatever the fuck. It's like, sure. That was then. I don't bring that into conversations or or anything when I meet people now because I know you weren't around for yeah, any of that. Yeah, you, that, you've got nothing to do with that, and yeah. you're a good person. Um, other people that I've met are good people. They treat me with the respect. I give the respect back, and it's like that's how you keep things moving forward. And it's and, like, and, and, and that's not even to say that you know obviously you know I'm I'm all about like you know owning up to the history of this country of course 
But at the same time, you have to also recognize when you encounter anybody that is not your shade, that is good. Yeah. That has a good heart. That is a good person. You just take that at face value. And like, that's the way you move forward to hopefully combat yeah. all the rest of the bullshit. Yeah, exa exactly. You don't like, yes, you have to acknowledge actual history, real things that happened, whether or not your family was a part of it or not is irrelevant because you can't go back and change any of that shit. Like you should yeah. acknowledge it if it's, I don't believe there's any slave owners in my family, but like, obviously of course my ancestors benefited tremendously from the effects of slavery and uh, you know, the colonization of this country. Like of course, because I, I'm here that that means that they, there is benefit from that. But like to intentionally carry that around and force yourself to, think about that when you're interacting with people currently yeah that's just weird it's fucking weird it's just weird it's just weird it's just weird um it, and yeah it, it just makes every interaction you have inauthentic so it's like well you you don't see a person now you see a black person or a chinese person or a mexican person like that you you don't see a person <laughs> you're seeing yeah. a, a type of person that you need to atone for so it's it's about it's all about you you're, you're seeing you're, you're making you're it seeing, selfish you're seeing uh the other yeah and and you're and you're, using uh, and you're not looking at them and not you're not humanizing you're not humanizing them in the same way that you yourself want to be you know humanized that's right like, and, you're, yes. and you're using that other to make yourself feel better which yeah. is not okay right no it's not it's not it's you know until you know you meet somebody i don't give a shit what where they come from you know white black you know asian latino whatever i'm just meeting you yeah. And it, are you cool? Yeah. All right. If I if, if I find out that yeah, you're a fucking uh a, a shitbag, a scumbag, whatever, like you you're saying all this stuff and I've met a lot of people like this. Totally. Uh white folks. But even but even but even then it's it's always the older white people that I meet. Yeah. When I go out who have this kind of a uh, side kind of bigoted or racist tent to yeah. their comments. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before. Like I, I don't, I don't even get upset immediately. I basically just kind of call them out on it. Right. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Cause I've always, I've, I, I yeah, I've, I've said, you know, I, I, cause I go to bars a lot and I meet a lot of, a lot of people. Uh, and I live in a, we live in LA. And so this whole thing about LA being this bastion of like the left and everything, there's still a lot of fucking, uh, bigoted views that a lot of folks have yeah. here on the West Coast. Yeah. There's hundreds and of I, thousands of really ignorant racist people everywhere yeah. you go. And I've confronted it and I've been on the conversational side of it where they say these things and to them, they don't think they're being racist or bigoted, but the stuff that comes out of their mouth is such of like, and I did, but I call them on it. I'm like, yeah. well, wait a minute. You know, uh, like the whole thing, and I, and I know like a lot of black folks hear this, where it's like, oh, well, you're you're different. You're not like Ugh. the rest of Yikes. these black people. That's fucked up. I've heard that so many times in my life, and I don't get upset yeah. when they say it because they're saying it in a way where they think. Right. It's like it's almost like they're giving me a compliment. Yeah. So I take that opportunity to just tell them. It's like, well, actually, no. Uh, I'm not sure how many black folks you've been around or 
you know, people you've met, but there are more black folks like me than whatever's in your head yeah. about what you think, you know, uh, my population is like. Right. So you need to kind of jettison that mindset. Like I'm not some fucking unicorn right. that's out here who's like, and even if waving you were, the flag for whatever, it's and like even no. If you, it's and like, even if you were, that wouldn't be a compliment to you. No, it no, and it's not. And I yeah. tell them, you know, because I don't get upset. I don't. I just I. I mean, it's one of those things where I like, try to. I don't want to be condescending, but try to educate. Yeah. And just let them know that it's like I'm not. Your viewpoint is wrong. Yeah. I'm not special. Right. I'm just like a million other black folks that are Absolutely. out there just trying to do the same thing you're trying to do, yeah. which is live a good life, uh, meet a good woman, uh, get a good job, and just have a good time. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know? So I, I think like th that's like, um, like, you know, my friend who said that thing, she is a deeply good person. Like, so yeah. fucking good. Um, so it's not racism but it's just a weird ignorance with maybe inexperience i don't know exactly what it is no i think but that is what it is yeah it's, it's ignorance not, mixed with inexperience yeah and she's i was, not a I was gonna ask at all yeah uh where did she grow up around in no Argonne? she grew up in so she right so this is like the big thing and 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 back to joe rogan i think it's a big part of people like him too like he grew up around white people yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he's older, he's in his mid fifties or whatever. Um, so the white people he grew up around where he grew up in Boston were f racist as fuck. Is he from Boston? He's from Boston, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Boston, that, oh, that to this day that explains a lot. That is explains a, a racist lot. ass city. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So like my friend, she, she, I don't think she grew up in LA. But she grew up around primarily like white people. So it's like, yeah, yeah, her exposure and experience is different. She doesn't understand. To her, it's like it's still it's it's uh it it points out to her if there's non white people around. Yeah. So she doesn't know how to she she doesn't she's so cognizant of like not wanting to be racist or rude that she oversteps and then says weird shit yeah. to people of color. And I think Joe Rogan has that too, but like in a different way because he's very um, meatheady and like I'm an alpha male guy. Yeah. But like I, I can speak f for me, I never grew up around white people. I had you know a handful of white friends, but I didn't grow up in white neighborhoods. I didn't grow up in white schools. I never had that experience of like always being around white people. So for me, it's not weird to to be the only white guy. In, it's not weird for me. I'm just like I, I don't even give a shit. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like not being around. I like being around a ton of different cultures because it's like, oh, shit, I can learn the coolest things of stuff that I wouldn't have access to. I get to eat rad food. I get to learn perspectives on the world that I don't have because it's not me. So for me, it's like it's a great gift that we're all mixed up, especially in L.A. Especially in L.A., yeah. It's amazing. You can go like I can just go and be around like nothing but Vietnamese people and learn about their experience. And then like 20 minutes, I could be around nothing but El Salvadorian people and learn about their, you can just participate yeah. and learn so much about so many people. And it makes you a better person. It's like traveling. Like you get a, no, pers it, a perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I was, because uh, I'm the I'm, I'm the inverse of you, where it's like you know I can be around a whole bunch of white folks, and just based off of you know my my past history, my upbringing, like when I'm a kid from till now. I mean, for me, it was like okay. I mean, I recognize that I'm the only brother, but I I also I'm accustomed to being in situations where I may be the only black person. Right. And at the same time, like if I'm in a, a venue where there's a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, like I'm I'm good there as well. Yeah. And a lot of that is just born out from like, you know, like you were alluding to or not even alluding to. You said uh, traveling, living in different parts of this country, which is fucking huge. Yeah. And just putting yourself out there in situations where like you get get outside of your 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 bubbles your tents your kind of uh your enclaves where it's yeah. like these are the people i know and that's it yeah uh and i know everybody doesn't have that you know uh totally. i for me it happened out of happenstance i mean when my mom got remarried and you know we moved from south central to alaska and then from alaska to new mexico and then me coming back to LA, like that was, and I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not even gonna say that it's easy. I mean, because it's not. I mean, especially when you're young. And like when I came, when I moved back to LA and started the eighth grade, and I went to uh, Overwrite, which is you know in Westchester, uh, I had a lot of I had a lot of black people yeah. telling me it's like, oh, you sound white, right? Like what? Like where are you from? Like da da da. And it's like, well, I'm from LA, but I've lived other places. Yeah. And I, and when you're young, like you take that cause you just want to fit in when you're yeah. young, you just want to fit in. That actually never was goes a, away. What's that? That actually never goes away. Yeah. Yeah. We're always just trying to fit in. We just want, yeah, you want to fit in. And, and that was one of those things where it was like, oh man, like I sound white. Like, mm. like as a kid, I'm like, what the, mm. what does that mean? And I, you know, I even hate to say this, but I did. I mean, I, I started to, I did whatever I could to try to fit in. Of course. And I started to dumb, not, I don't say dumb down my language, but. I understand. I understand. Uh, yeah, just kind of, I basically was like faking who I was. Yeah. And that lasted for a while up until I would say maybe 10th grade, 11th grade in high school, where I was just like, you know what? This is stupid. I am me. I don't I don't feel bad about how I grew up, where I lived, where I grew up. It's me. Yeah. So I'm not faking the funk. Yeah. On anything. Like I'm Brian Williams and this is me. If you feel that I ain't black enough or I don't sound, I'm putting up air quotes. Like black enough, well that's on you. Yeah. You know, I sound like me and this is the way that I'm going to be. You know, right here and right now and that was actually a freeing moment for me but it's yeah it's i i, I think you know i don't know i don't even know where i'm going with this but you it's don't, just you don't have to go anywhere i I, yeah. I i get it like um i would get this from my white friends growing up and i didn't understand it as racism because again racism isn't like always burning a cross on somebody's lawn or fucking you know putting jews in concentration camps like that's not 
the only color of racism. So it's like sometimes we think of racism and if people aren't being overtly awful, we think it's not racist. Right. Yeah. But it still can be racist. And it, and also like that kind of like passive racism, most of the time is just ignorance. Like they're not intentionally trying to, but it's, it's still a thing because I constantly grew up with, um, because again, like I was always around non-white people. Most of my friends weren't white and, and it's not like they were one other type of culture or ethnicity. Like it was always crazy mixed. So I was into a lot of different things and I never understood until very recently. Like I I'm thinking just back to being around my friends and they would say shit to me. Like, cause I was probably the only one of my, amongst my white friends that was listening to hip hop in like the nineties. Um, and they would always say shit to me like, Oh, you think you're black? And I would always be like, no, I, I didn't understand. Like, I just, I, I like yeah. this music. What the fuck does it have to do with anything? And same thing. Like when I started getting really into, um, like, uh, Japanese anime or started learning Japanese, there was like, Oh, you think you're Asian? When I started training Filipino martial arts, like, Oh, what? Oh, so you're Filipino now? Like f- for most white people experiencing other cultures is so scary that they attack you for doing it. And like, yeah. you're, you're not, oh, what, you're not white? Like, that's what they're saying. Um, it's not it's not that, oh, you think you're black or you think you're Japanese or you think you're Filipino. It's, oh, what, you don't think you're white? Like, that's what they're actually saying to you. And I never understood that until fairly recently. And it's because white people don't have a culture. Like, there is no white culture. And also because in this country, white people are categorically terrible like the, the existence of this country is white supremacy that's what it's founded on um and like if you can't reconcile that if you can't look at that you're going to attack anything that reflects it to you so when you see a white person like existing in other areas where you feel so ashamed of or uncomfortable in you're going to attack it or scared to be in or scared, or to, be scared in. to venture. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to attack it. So like, I never understood like when people would say to me like, Oh, you think you're black or you think you're Chinese or you think you're Japanese or you think you're fucking Mexican. Like I never understood like, Oh, that's racist. Oh, you're, you're racist. Not, you're not burning crosses on people's lawns, but to you participating in and accepting and, and, and benefiting from other cultures is like a, a bad thing. Yeah. I didn't understand. I still don't really understand it. Well, because because it's it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because it's stupid. That's why you don't understand it. Because it's stupid. You know, uh, they it always say you know America is like this great melting pot, and it is in a lot of places. Yeah. And I think you know it's said so so many times that I think a lot of people they just don't fully understand or grasp it. Like they'll say it. Yeah. Like oh, America is a melting pot. We've got everything. You know. Da da da. And it's like, yeah, but you don't actually right. partake in the pot. Right. You're outside <laughs> right. the pot. Yeah. You know, because this is. And, and and obviously it depends on where you come from. You know, uh, you know, we're from L.A., California, which is very diverse. Totally. The, the, the chance um, of you having a more open view in a place like L.A. or New York or whatever, any big metropolis is greater than if you just grow up in a neighborhood or a city or state with only people that look like you. And that's right. not your fault. It's just, it's the right. Yeah. Draw. Because you know, uh, the environment you grow up in really does impact and impart a lot of you and your worldview. Yeah. Um, 
And at the same time, though, like I've met people from the Midwest, like my sister lives in the Midwest. She's not from the Midwest, but she lives there now. But I've met a lot of people from the Midwest who have come to L.A. and they're great. Yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? So it's it's just a weird thing where it's like, you know, some people are just more open to, I guess, uh, the idea of people it's that taught. don't look like them. Racism is taught. So it's like if, it, if yeah. a, a kid is taught to be racist, it's not their fault. It's their responsibility when they get older, but it's not their fault. Yeah, you know, they're a victim of. Uh, we're all a victim of the fucking system. Like white supremacy is a monster, and we're all a victim of it. We're responsible for our actions, yes, of course, but like we're all a victim of it. So when you see meet a racist person, they were brainwashed as a child, and now they're that adult who was right. brainwashed as a child. Like it's not their fault, even though it's their responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. But yeah, man, white people are weird. I don't. <laughs> I don't hang around with too many white Y'all people. Y'all are weird. I, I don't disagree, man. You're not. You're not. I keep my white people group small. I have like two or three white friends. Like everybody else is totally hey, Graham, mixed. Hey, yeah. Graham, Graham, can I tell you? Yeah. You're one of the good ones. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> In this case, I'm not going to take that as an insult because that's true. I acknowledge it. Yeah, I, we you're, talked one, about you're it one of the good ones. We talked about I know. it before. Like if I see like a big group of white people, I like want to walk around like i don't want to be i don't want to i don't want to walk into a big group of white people because white people do say racist shit to me because they think i'll be cool with it and then yeah. they find out real quick i'm not cool with it and i'm gonna oh, tell bro, you i'm I, not cool with it i've 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 been around that all my life yeah all my life it's wild uh, man. when i lived in new mexico oh man i so i've never I, i've never mentioned this story to you or maybe a half, if, and if I did, I apologize. Um, so I was so I was in New Mexico after my three years that we spent in Alaska, right? So I was in New Mexico for sixth grade and seventh grade. When I was in seventh grade, there was, and honestly, in sixth grade, there was this girl, uh, Christy, redhead. Always got a thing for redheads. Oh yeah, I just always like love redheads. redheads. Uh, we were in, we were in sixth grade together, and then you know we went to you know junior high school, seventh grade, and always had a massive crush on Christy. Uh, there was this so when I was in seventh grade when we went to junior high, uh, they did like RPE. They would have different kind of a. Uh, lessons activities for whatever during the season and one of them was swimming and so but we didn't have a pool on the on the on the premises of the school we had to like walk down a couple of blocks to like the local i don't even know if it's a ymca but it was something approximate to like a ymca and we would do our swimming lessons and i hated it for a lot of reasons one not because i can't swim i can swim this brother can swim <laughs> Cause you're you're different, Brian. You're you're a different kind of. Black I'm different. Person. I am. I'm <laughs> yeah. that, that's a different type of brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I knew how to swim, but I just I didn't like being shirtless. Mm. You know, sure. I, I'm. I was always very uh, apprehensive about my body. Even you know, I'm still I still am. Yeah. Uh, but as a kid, especially so. But we were doing our swimming lessons, whatever, and so we walk down, do the lesson. 
and then had to walk back to school. And it was like for the our final period. And I was walking after a lesson. And in front of me was Christy and her two friends. I remember this like it was fucking yesterday. And I'm behind them, but close enough because they were talking. And like mm-hmm. I could hear what they were talking about. And her friends were talking to Christy about, oh, about guys. Like, oh, what about this guy? You like him? I think he likes you. Da, da, da. And one of her friends had mentioned one of the other black guys who was in the school. Like, when I was in Alaska, there were three black kids, me and my sister and somebody else. Mm. When I went to New Mexico, there were more, but not demonstrably so. Right. There might have been a few dozen, maybe like 15, right. you know, black kids. Uh, so one of her friends is, you know, brings up this black guy who I knew wasn't friends with, but I knew the name. And Christy is like, she goes, uh, "Ugh, oh, I would never go out with a nigger. Oof. And they start laughing and they turn around and they see me behind as they're giggling. And they're like, oh. And so Christy turns around and she was like, oh okay he doesn't matter that shit has I mean I've I've gone through a lot of uh, painful things in my life obviously much more so than this dumbass comment but as a 7th grade year old you know comic book loving nerd and I, I definitely was Yeah, that shit stung in a way that I mean, like to this day, like I haven't forgotten it. Yeah, and it it made me scared of white women in the sense of like actually dating one. Mm-hmm. In terms of if I do, if I meet someone, you know, a white lady, white woman, and it's like things may work out, whatever. It's like, is that going to be the first thing that comes out of her mouth when she gets mad at me? Yeah. Is that because it's such low hanging fruit? Like you want to attack somebody. It's like, and it really like it, it, it did a number on me. It really did. And especially like, you know, again, like I have been crushing on this girl for like the better part of like two years. And then to hear her say that and then but then the dismissive. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah, he's okay. He don't matter. Mm -hmm. That shit hurt, man, in a major way. And it's a pain that I still harbor. Not obviously not to the point where, you know, because I've I've gone, I've, I've dated white women, you know, it had to stop me from doing that. But it was just one of those things where it just really was like, fuck. Yeah, this really sucks. <laughs> you know, as I'm not at the seventh grade kid is like wow she really just said that yeah and uh yeah that was that was the thing that really just like stuck me right in the right in the ribs there it's like yeah. fuck i'm sorry that happened to you so so i appreciate that i would just say i know she's not listening and if you are fuck you christy fuck you christy and your red hair you're giving red well, hair no, a bad I, I name. Still, I, no, no, and her, like, her particular. Her, yeah, her red, red hair. hair. Other red hairs still, are great. I still like red hairs. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She didn't. You know, kick me out of that. That's a horrible but thing, yeah. man. That's horrible. And 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 I, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That, 
is not to be discounted because it's seventh grade or because it's just a comedy. That that's like a major event. It's a major life event, and it's it's awful. Well, it's one of those things like you know those kind of events that happen when you're young mm -hmm. are worse than when they happen when you're older. Of course, it's like everything. had that like had that happened to me within the past like five or ten years, I'd be like, or even longer, I'm like, all right, well, fuck you, like yeah. I don't give a shit, yeah. <laughs> you know. But when you're young. It's like those comments and like you hear that stuff. It's, it's the like, most important. It's the most important time. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. The way we dismiss children and their experiences is is horrific, and that's why we have shitty adults because we don't we don't want to acknowledge how scary and 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 formative and and uh, delicate we are as we're growing up for like the first I don't know fifteen yeah twenty years. Because um, what they say like when you're young like you're impressionable yeah and for everything. You know, the, and the good stays, and the bad. Yeah. Like that stuff sticks with you. Forever. Like I have never forgotten that day. Yeah. When, when, you you're, know? when you're grown and stuff like that happens, you can just, well, okay, that person is shitty and you can move on. But when you're young, that's now the, it's a foundational element of who you are. It, it, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. with everything. I, I can't tell you how many clients I have who have like legit trauma about exercise because a fucking doctor when they were like 10 or 12 or, you know, whatever, told them that they were fat. And so like they, they feel such shame about overeating and this, and it's like, yeah, cause that doctor, an authority figure hurt you so deeply. Yeah. And that's a part of, that's a foundation. It's not, it's not a little thing. It's not a little thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not. Uh... Yeah. Fuck you, Christy. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Christy. Yeah. I know Brian won't, but I'll, I'll punch you right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it. I got no problem with it. I'll punch you right in the face. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, I'm a so. middle-aged white man in America. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, oh dude, I'm going to stick you on every fucking white woman that's wrong with me. <laughs> use, like, my, use my Graham privilege attack. to help you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Graham, sick him. Get her, get her. Yeah, man. I don't know. White women are kind of crazy though. Like I watch like all those like Karen Instagram or Karen TikToks and like something is wrong with white women, dude. Like for, I mean, sorry to white women listening. Like you might not be one of those, but on a, on a weird level, like I don't see a lot of other type of people screaming in, in a store or screaming on the street. Yeah. Like I don't see a lot of other type of people doing that. Um, and maybe it's just weird media bias. Like that's all the algorithm wants to show me. But there's a lot of really nuts white well, women out there. I've seen I've seen all the well, not all of them, but I've seen my fair share of Karen videos. I've also experienced it in real life. Same. There's just a thing where it's like it's just this 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 sense of entitlement. Yeah. And well, no, this is not how I want this to happen. So yeah. you have to listen to me That's and right. do what I want. And, and if you don't. The way I know how to u manipulate the world is by being a victim. But like, yeah. I'm going to attack you as a victim. I'm going to, I'm an aggressive victim. Yeah, an um, aggressive victim. Man. Yeah, it, it's a thing, man. Um, I, yeah, the, the weirdest thing, the white women thing to me now is how like white women, like the, the quote woke white woman who pretends that they haven't been benefiting from slavery and fucking white supremacy for this whole time too. They're like, yeah, how dare you white men do, the, do these shitty things? Like, bitch, you've been right here the whole time. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's my favorite shit. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. But anyway. 
Hey, I I, I watched uh, Nobody, Mr. Nobody, Nobody. No, just nobody. Nobody. Well, what a what a transition. <laughs> this is the. This is how you podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Take note, Joe this Rogan. Is, this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of nobody, mm-hmm. aka Christy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you saw it. I saw it, and um. <sighs> oh. Okay. So you. <laughs> oh. Oh. So you said it's fucking fantastic and yes. obviously you know bob odenkirk or whatever and like that it was believable of him as like a tough guy and you were 100 percent right ah, <laughs> you, motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker b that movie's you, that movie's great it's awesome right it's so good man it's so it's so fun and it just moves the whole time there's no it doesn't slump. It even on the parts of movies like that where it would slump, it doesn't do it. It just pushes right forward. It doesn't make it too much about his family. It, it was fantastic. Yes, such oh. a fun watch, man. Holy shit! I, I I was hoping and I thought that you would feel the same way about this movie as I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the you know Bob Odenkirk. I think a lot of this. It it really does. Like he carries it, obviously, because he's nobody. He's the the main. He's the yeah. main protagonist. I can't see anybody else doing this, or maybe I could. But the fact that they that they that they hired him, yeah, in particular for yeah. this, like it was stunt casting done at its best, and Truly. he obviously went full bore into the character and into the the fight choreography and everything. And I just thought it was something that was like. A tour de force for him, who is already good. I mean, he's a great actor. He's an, Better Call Saul, Breaking yeah. Bad. He's unbelievable. But I, I, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's obviously it's it's a John Wick clone, and and that's fine. Because but is it though? Is it though? It, it is. It is in that like it's it's the same like the reluctant, amazing badass with a history, and like there's like a secret world that they're a part of. Like it, it is, but it but stands on its own. It stands on its own for sure. Okay, so I would say, so I don't think, I think the comparisons to John Wick are surface level at best. Mm. Um, and I, I I pulled up my notes that I had from the last time we talked okay. that you hadn't seen. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to say everything. So for me, the comparisons were surface level to John Wick because you've got this guy and and I, and, and I just took it based off the trailer that they had for Nobody. I'm like, okay, it looks like a John Wick clone. Some of the guys who made John Wick were involved in the making of this film. But it really isn't. Because, you know, John Wick was a reluctant protagonist. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to get back into the fold. He did so because somebody fucked with him, killed the dog that his dying wife that is you know his passing wife gave him as a reminder to her and when those guys broke into his home attacked him killed the dog he was forced to uh eke out revenge yeah yeah and nobody this is not the case i i, I agree this is not the case like he gets into it like he like the crux of the movie gets kick-started spoilers everybody Spoilers. The crux, like his involvement in this film, the one that drives the the through line of the plot, is because of him. Yeah. He's he he is on that bus. He is feeling slighted because there's a home invasion previously. 
And he goes out of his way to basically just like, look, take whatever you want. Leave my family alone. Go. Go. Stops his son from attacking. And the son gets a drop on one of the robbers. But he tells his son, son, stop. Let him go. Let him go. So he does that because he knows that I could wipe, I could, I could mop the floor with these two. Uh, it's not worth it. I've got my family. I'm, I'm, I do not want to get back into that situation. The tail end of that is that his son loses respect for him. The wife does, I guess, to a certain point. Like he just feels bad about not doing more. And it's only when he's on that bus where he's actively wishing yeah for these russian gangsters to get on this bus because these 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 gangsters are like in a car they have an accident and you see them like their car is totaled and the bus is stopped and he's just sitting there looking at them like oh these are not good dudes and he is wishing he's like please get on this bus please get on this bus so i can let out my frustration and my anger on these motherfuckers who probably deserve it and he does and that bus fight so good is amazing so good but it's because of that bus fight that then kickstarts because he ends up you know beating up the wrong connected person yeah which then brings in the russian you know the the brothers uh yeah russian gangster but like in that way and again like my comparisons to john wick is not like a slight on nobody because um, it's like, uh, you know, like the first saints row is a GTA clone, but yeah. it's fun, but it's good. Yeah. And that's how I feel about nobody. Like it, it is a, uh, John Wick clone, but it's fucking great. And if you never saw John Wick, you could watch, you could watch nobody and love it. And if you've seen John Wick, you could watch nobody and love it. Cause like he, he's, he's bored with his life. He does want to get back in. Then he has an opportunity to get back in and he does it and he kills all the bad guys. And there's like a secret world with Rizza and, um, and I always love Rizza in movies. Yeah, me man. too. Love, he I just pops up the most random fucking movie. He's just such a bad actor, but I just love him. And, he, and he's got such that voice, like, because you see the, like, the Rizza's in this, but the first time you hear him, like, he's communicating with uh, nobody in his office and they like you get this like they're on this uh like a, like a radio like a radio and they're communicating with each other and the, as soon as when he starts talking it's like oh rizza yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah he's got a voice where it's one like one of the you most distinctive voices ever it's like morgan freeman ever. or something they're like oh yeah. it's fucking morgan freeman <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah, have, exactly. I, have i told you about the time i hung out with rizza no so this was like <laughs> yeah 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 i hung out with rizza um this was maybe eight years ago maybe 10 years ago um, uh, one of my old, like really great friends who I lost in the divorce was, um, doing a project with RZA, a film project with RZA. And, um, so he's like, Hey, you want to, I think I was, I was driving him around cause he was not from LA. So he was in LA, he was staying with me and uh, he's like, I'm gonna go see, I'm gonna go see RZA. You coming? I was like, yeah. So we go to his house and, um, He's got, you know, his fucking giant, gorgeous house. And then in the back, there's like another house. <laughs> so we're oh, hanging shit. out in that house. Like, like his, his guest house was bigger than my house. Yeah. And uh, so we're kicking it in this house. And then, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes later, Rizzo pops up. Just like out of the smoke. It just kind of, <laughs> he's just there in the room. 
And he's like, what's up, guys? I'm sorry I'm late. I was like, well, it's all good, brother. And uh, the first thing he said, it was so funny. He goes like, um, hey, man, I just want you to know I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like real, real high right now. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's fine, man. It's your house. Do what you want to do. Yeah. And um, yeah, he kicked it for a bit. He's mad cool, dude. Like just very, as what you'd expect. He's just very relaxed, um, super friendly. He was very high. And uh, yeah, we just hung out in his house. Were you guys? It, were you guys smoking? No, as well or no, no, no. no. Okay. Um, my boy has never had a drink or done drugs ever. And then I oh was straight edge. Yeah, yeah. And I was very, very clean at that time too. Yeah. I mean, I still am, I guess. But um, yeah, he was super cool, man. We were just kicking it and talking, and he's just a nice guy. And then like, uh, him and my friend went to his like um, his little studio downstairs to watch some of the stuff they had done. And I was just kicking it upstairs. But like the funniest part, so I, Rizzo's great. He was very nice, very. Uh, can I, can I interject? Yeah, yeah. For a sec. So what was like, what was the whole gist of you guys going to Rizzo's place? Because you they, said. He wanted to, they were going to talk about the project they were working on. Um, okay, okay. And, and go over some of the, the footage and stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but what was super funny was we're in this house and then like he had like a like a PS3 on the table. But it wasn't like in an entertainment console or something like that. It was just sitting on the box that the PS3 came in. <laughs> and I was like, this rich motherfucker doesn't even put it on. It made me laugh so hard. And then like he had a stack of games, but they were like all the ones that you could buy from Blockbuster, like when Blockbuster sells the game. So they were in like yeah. the, the Blockbuster covers. <laughs> It just made me laugh so hard. Like, I'm in this, like, super crazy mansion. <laughs> He's got, like, the PS3 on the box. It just made me laugh, man. He's getting the resale. It's like, hey, I'm getting, I'm getting, he's getting the used ones. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably sent one of his uh, his employees out there. He's like, hey, give me some PS3 games. Give me Go to Blockbuster. They got some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, he was super cool. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I, yeah. I, I like Risen. He was very friendly. I like him. And uh, yeah, he was he was very good in Nobody. And Christopher Lloyd, who plays Nobody's dad, so was good. fucking awesome. So good, was fucking awesome. Again, weird. like the the casting is yeah. I mean, I I I I said it was stunt casting. Stunt casting is is really good if you know what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I would say the 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 best stunt casting ever was. And that you'll agree with me on this was Michael Keaton as Batman. Oh, because at that time, it. forget about it. Like at that time in, yeah. in the eighties, the late eighties, like Mr. Nanny, my, Mr. Nanny is going to yeah. be Batman. Yeah. And it worked out as well as it did. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just love that approach like that for me. That's like, okay, that's whether it's the producers, the director, whoever is like, look, I know who can do this. Yeah. I want this person, that person, and that person. And sometimes it doesn't work. And and, and sometimes it doesn't. I can't think of like a direct example, but it's obvious. Like sometimes like, ah, that's just how it doesn't work. But when it does, man, like it, it's George it, Clooney as Batman. Sure. sure. Did not George work. Clooney as Batman. <laughs> yeah. But when it when it Or maybe works, it could have if Joe Schumacher wasn't. I think if he had if he had a good movie to work with, to, he would have been fine. Yeah. He, he wasn't trying to remake Adam West. George Batman, Clooney is a good actor. He's a know, great actor. He's, he's a great actor. He's fantastic. And if he, just not as Batman. Again, I think he could have been good. It's just he did not. <laughs> he 
did not. Yeah. He had a raw deal, man. He got the worst Batman script of all time. He did. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's unfortunate for the man. Um, yeah, it's like like Affleck. Like he got. He's one of the best Batman I've ever seen. Like after Keaton, I'd yeah. probably put him, um, but just didn't have a great script to work with. It's not his fault. He did a good job. Um, but, but yeah, man, Odenkirk, uh, he sells the tough guy. Um, he, I mean, he's such a good actor. He's just such a good actor. So he knew how to play it without seeming false or forced. And the, and the director was good in like, no, you're going to get beat up a lot. Yes. But you're yes. going to win. You're going to win. And I and I really like that about it, too, where it's. And look, you know, yes. OK, it's, it's very evocative of John Wick. Yeah. But we're asking John Wick like he's in these fights. By the end of the fights in John Wick, like and I love John Wick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love the franchise. I love Keanu as John Wick. But when he gets like after these fights that he's in. He really doesn't look too much worse for wear. But in nobody. Like, Odenkirk is good. Like, and they established, this guy knows how to handle himself. Yeah. He, he's a but bloody mess. He, but he takes his fucking hits and his <laughs> yeah. lumps. Yeah. And he is, like, he gets fucked up. And you can kind of see the wear, even during the fights. Yeah. You can see him starting to kind of get well, a they little all do. lethargic. That's, that's one of the things I really enjoyed. And they do this in John Wick, too. But they, they really accentuated it in this movie where it's like, and I've been in fights like this where it's like it's been going on too long and we're both really fucking tired. Yeah. And it's like it's hard now. Fuck. I still one of us has got to <laughs> <Yeah>. win. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? like, it's like it, it ain't over yet. But yeah, yeah so one, oh, one of us is going to be down. One of us is going to be up by the end of this. It's, and, you know, there, there's just a, a momentum of this movie where it, it just keeps plugging along. It doesn't there's no lull. And it's also not so ratcheted up that it's like the craziest shit all the time. I don't know. It's, yeah. just, it's good filmmaking. The pace is perfect. There's this scene. Okay, so like like B said, uh, Odenkirk kills all these, kills almost all these guys on the bus and sends the rest of the hospital. These Russian mobsters, like the kids, like typical, you know, like the kid mobster is too cocky, gets his ass kicked, and then the the dad or the older brother or whatever is older gonna, brother is gonna. And fuck I love up. and I love the scene in the in the bus fight. Because again, speaking to the point of how he takes his lumps as well, when nobody like he gets tossed through the window. Yeah, I love that of the bus, and he, you see him slowly get up, and he's like working out the kinks, and he proceeds to go back into the bus, and he tells the bus drivers like, "Hey, just uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost done. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost done." <laughs> and he goes back in, and I was like, "I love that too." I was like, "Oh man, okay." Me too. Um. So, you know, the the Russian mob is, is it's Odenkirk versus the Russian mob. And then like Odenkirk destroys all of the Russian mob's money, sits down with the head bad guy in like a really baller ass scene where he's got like yeah, a, a landmine pointed at him. And he's like, yeah, if you kill me, you're going to die. It's fucking awesome. I love it. It's a uh, front towards enemy. What's yeah. that? Is, is that a, uh, a Claymore? Claymore. He's got yeah. a Claymore mine. Claymore yeah. mine. And... Um, which is essentially just like a box with an explosive charge and then a bunch of like ball bearings and shrapnel. So it literally just tears you apart. Yeah. Um, they get into a car chase and then it's, you know, it, there's a part where they, they know who he is now. And there's, you know, there's like a running theme through the movie. Like anytime somebody finds out who he really is, they're terrified and like they leave the room or the 
receptionist to the mobster quits like right there in front of him. He's like, I, I quit. You're up against this yeah. guy. I no, want no part of it. But there's a part where all of the mobsters go to Odenkirk's house and Odenkirk tells his, with his wife and kid, he sees them coming. He puts his wife, his older son and the young daughter in the, the basement. The daughter was cute as hell. So I adorable. love the daughter. Yeah. And the wife's hot. And uh, he puts all of them in the basement with like a, like a secret room with a keypad and everything. And then like, I don't know. It's like fortified. Like it's a fortified basement. Yeah. Like he, yeah. It's yeah. Steel walls and the whole thing. And then like, whatever it is, a dozen or more of these assassins, you know, in full tactical gear and, you know, automatic weapons come in and they try to kill him. And he obviously kills all of them. Then is my favorite scene. And is one detail about the scene that I love the most. So there's just bodies fucking everywhere. <laughs> and, and this movie is very bloody. There's bodies everywhere. There's blood everywhere. He opens the door to let his family out. His wife, his son and his daughter are down there. And his son is old enough, like 17 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. The wife knows who he is. The wife knows that he used to be an assassin. And they allude to the fact that she was probably in the life too, right? Or that like maybe she like was they, his uh, his handler, maybe person or at something the person at the computer or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, I think it's just music is playing at this point, and they have them all walking out, and the, and he's letting the son see who he is. But I was like, wow, that's that's um, it's subtle. Like they're not like pointing it out. Like now you get to learn who your dad is. But that's what's happening. I was like, that's fucking rad. Like what a cool detail to throw in. And then the they're covering the daughter's uh, eyes and ears. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that is, and they're walking through the house and they're just showing the dead bodies. And the son is like, what the fuck? And they're, so they're like, they're showing how important it is. Like what is age appropriate for these? Exactly. And yeah. I was like, that, that's, that was my favorite scene in the movie. I was like, that's awesome. I, I like that too. And yeah. I, and I picked up on the same thing. Yeah. The fact that he was going to let his son see what it transpired. Like, I'm not going to hide this from you. You're a man now. Yeah, 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 you're a man. Like you, I mean, like I said earlier, like the son, he got the drop on the muggers at the beginning of the film. So he kind of said, "Look, you know, you're old enough. You can, you can see what I do." But I, I love the fact that when he led his daughter out, that yeah, yeah, had her eyes and ears covered. That, I, I that really was the thing I was afraid too. of. It's like when they were because he was looking around like, "Oh fuck, there's all these bodies. Like I can't clean them up right now." Yeah, and so I was afraid. Like, oh no! Like I literally felt like, oh. Sh the daughter can't see this. Like I had like a visceral like reaction, like a, like a parent reaction. Like I, I would never let my son see this. And so when they covered their eyes, like I felt it was just so so cool, man. Yeah, it was sweet. It was very sweet. And then yeah, it was, so, it was a sweet moment. So that obviously it's going to end with Odenkirk, Riza, and Christopher Lloyd against all the bad guys in a warehouse. And it's so and it's, it's, fun. and so the thing. So that scene that you had mentioned previously, where he goes to the Russian gangsters uh, karaoke place, his club or whatever. And he's sitting down right in the middle eating his dinner. And he's got the Claymore. And he basically tells him, and he gives, he like, nobody gives this gangster the, the out. It's like, look, this is what I did. You attacked my family. You came to my home. You know that that is not what you do in this business. But you did. So he kind of basically tells him, he's like, look, it ends now. I'll walk away. You walk away. You take your losses, whatever. And so he leaves, got a claymore. So he's like, hey, don't fuck with me. Gets in his car. Nobody does. 
And he's just kind of just sitting there waiting, looking at the entrance of the establishment. Because he's thinking, okay, either they're going to come rushing out or they won't. If they don't, okay. They're going to come rushing out. <laughs> but they come rushing out. And the look on his face, because he wants them to. Yeah. Because he has set up his whole kill box at his warehouse that yeah. he bought from his wife's uh, father. father. And so he's like, okay, perfect. So it was all like a setup. So it's like, oh, I know this guy is not going to let this slide. Let them see me still here. Now I'm going to leave. And he basically just set them up. It's like, yeah. follow me to my kill box. And yeah. I'm just going to murk all you motherfuckers. And yeah. that's when RZA and, uh, and uh, Christopher Lloyd show up. And he wasn't expecting them. Yeah. So it was cool when they, when they show up to lend him a hand. And it was a great... That, that last... Uh, fight in the uh, in the warehouse was fucking awesome. It's so fun, man. Like they use their environment, and it's all the things you want to see in a shoot 'em up movie. It's like yeah, it, 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 it's everything. Like yeah, there's explosive things, there's knives, there's fucking comedy in it. Like it, you know, it, it's a ten out of ten, man. That movie's a plus. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good, and um, I'm it's it's on HBO Max. Everybody, uh, yeah. if you're interested in looking at it. Are viewing it, and I recommend it wholeheartedly. It's it's awesome. If you like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Bob Odenkirk, John Wick, Saul, both. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, so yeah. much fun, and and it and it's tight. Yeah, it's very it's tight. An yeah. hour. It's an hour and thirty five minutes. It's ninety minutes, including it's the credits. You, it's what you want in a movie. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah, it's not a three hour movie. Yeah, um, you were right. You're everything you were alluding to, and that you had said. Uh, last episode or whatever it was totally right it's great yeah yeah it's it's, it's really fun yeah um before we get into the next thing i have you seen yellow jacket i have not i've heard about it i don't have showtime so i so. i gotten a showtime free trial to watch like the newest dexter season um so i i'm two episodes into yellow jacket and it's nuts uh, I heard it was really good. Yeah, so far it's really good. Um, there's only I think six episodes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest before the trial runs out. But um, well, how, how many have you seen? Two, two. Okay. Yeah. Um. But like. Yeah, it sounds really like it's some uh, Lord of the Rings type shit. Lord of the Flies. Or yeah, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. What is it? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord yeah, Lord of the, Rings, of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. Like, Lord of the Flies. But that is all done in the past and it's all about what right. they're doing in the present. Right. So it cuts between like 1996 and present day. Yeah. Um, one of my friends said he didn't, he would get confused about what, when was when, I don't know why he felt that way. I'm so far, I'm not confused by it. Um, so you may feel that way, but like it's really good and super fucked up and, and creepy and dark. I'm really excited to, to see more like, uh, Christina Ricci, Juliet Lewis, um, yeah, man, it's it's pretty fucking cool. And and, and there brutal. there's an actress from there that was on. Did did you ever watch Two and a Half Men? Mm -mm. The the sitcom with uh, Charlie Sheen and no. you know what it is. Yeah, I know, I okay. think I know what it is. Yeah, there's an actress that was on Two and a Half Men. I think she was the woman that was like super in love with Charlie Sheen's character. Okay, she's in Yellow Jacket. She's kind of a like the thicker, oh, okay, white woman. Yeah, yeah, she's dope you in that show, dude. I fucking love, I love her. Yeah, I've got the biggest crush. She's on sexy, her. dude. She is so yeah, sexy. She's sexy. Oh man, yeah. And, like and that, she, and when, when I saw she was in it, I'm like, okay, I gotta see this show. And she's sexy in the show too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
It's really uh, good I, though. Like I'm, I'm super interested. Like if you should get that, you get 30 days for free. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you have Amazon, you can get. I don't have Amazon. You might be able to do it anyway. Yeah, I think so. I did. I mean, most, I did of, most of these. Amazon, but yeah. Most of these platforms, like they give you like either a week or like a month free. Which I, like, which I appreciate. I, I'm, Me it's, too. It's a good. Me it's too. Because they know it's like, oh, once we get the credit card information. Who the hell is going to take the time to cancel? So that's that's the thing. Is um for anybody listening, if you sign up for a free trial, make sure like it, it'll tell you whether or not if you cancel, it stops or it'll go to the next to the you know the next billing. And this will go to the next billing. So as soon as you sign up, cancel immediately so you don't forget and you don't get charged at whatever. That's what I did. How I much? Saw, is, how much like, does it cost? I think it's like fifteen bucks a month for Showtime. It's not cheap. What? That's what I said too. I was like. For Showtime, for Showtime, <laughs> you're talking about fifteen dollars a month. No, like I Holy only want to watch shit. this show. Uh, wow. So yeah, so I just I canceled, you know, minutes after I signed up, and uh, yeah, thirty days, no problem. Yeah, I still got to cancel my Paramount. I uh, I signed up for the free uh, weekend or week for Paramount. How long has it been for for, for Thanksgiving? Oh. So I could watch a fucking football game. <laughs> It's it's only five dollars. It's like four ninety nine. Oh, okay, okay. But I haven't gone through yet and canceled it. Hey, like I'm, I, don't even, I haven't watched it since. You know what I highly recommend? I just got on it. Uh, my friend, she was like, "Oh, you know, you got to watch Ninety Day Fiance." And I was like, "I'm not watching that shit." She's always no, trying I'm to make me. Watching she's that. Try, always trying to make that. me watch um, reality shows. Like I hate that stuff because like she made me watch an episode of what's it called Vanderpump Rules that shit was terrible I'm not watching that either so she was like okay there's a show 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days you gotta watch this season it's a, it's old it's like a few years ago but it's the craziest shit and I was like no nah, I'm not gonna do it she's like just do it do it do it I was like I didn't even know that Discovery Channel had a service yeah, yeah everybody's got a service now Discovery Plus it's three dollars <throat> a month and it's totally worth it to- totally worth it. Maybe the best value for streaming service, period. It I'm going to say no. It does have a bunch of these dumb shows, but like every show about nature, animals, like all of that shit. Um, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Not it is, I, appreciate, I, I love I, that stuff. I appreciate the price point. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I'm not going to watch that. Okay, I, I love that stuff. I love it a lot. I love animals. I don't need to watch I don't a show you, about I don't animals. Do. I don't think you do. I, I, I love I love dogs. I, apparently you don't like them enough. Um not enough to to spend three ninety nine and to watch two ninety nine, two ninety nine, whatever. Um, yeah. But it also has a bunch of these dumb reality shows. So I've been watching this ninety day fiance before the ninety days. I've been watching this season four is what she's making me watch. And I'll say this: it's not like reality show like uh, the housewives or whatever, where it's just nasty people being nasty to each other. Like that's the shit I don't like. This <laughs> is like insanely delusional people being stupid as fuck <laughs> and it is some of the most entertaining shit i've ever and i hate reality tv i hate it it makes me sad makes my dick soft i fucking hate it <laughs> but this show man it's so fucking crazy there's this guy this season in this season that i'm watching there's this guy who's like a super wealthy guy and he met, he's been talking to a girl in the Ukraine for like seven years and he's gone to meet her three times and she stood him up every time and he keeps going and he's going back again because he believes that like it's his true love. <laughs> and like he's, he, he pays for the website to talk to her 
And he says in seven years, he's he spent over a hundred grand talking to this fucking fake girl. There's this guy who is like four, you're not you're not selling. He's like this four, show he's on like me. four eleven. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, there's, you're not selling. There's this, this dude who's like four eleven. He's fat. He's got that spinal whatever where it's like he has no neck and he can't spinal really spinal like, stenosis something whatever maybe it is, or where it looks like he, you know he's like, like his head connects to his shoulders or whatever shoulders yeah and um he's like 411 he uses mayonnaise in his hair <laughs> for conditioner and he met this girl in the philippines they only talk on online and he went to the philippines to meet her and she's like he's like uh 50 and she's like 20 it's crazy he's like she's younger than his daughter and uh, he, it's all these people just believe they found true love, and it's just the, it's the dumbest fucking show. But it is gripping, and it's not overly dramatic. I don't know, man. It's anyway. It's, it's okay, wildly uh, entertaining. It's wildly entertaining. I I may or may not ever actually check that out. <laughs> Leaning on never actually check that out. I never would have if my friend didn't make me. But uh, yeah. Uh, hey, can we pause this? Yeah. I go take it. misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Hey, Dr. Ken, epidemiologist, that was an excerpt. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Hey, Dr. Ken, epidemiologist, that was an excerpt from Joe Rogan's apology that he issued about spreading misinformation on his podcast, Joe Rogan experience. I don't think that Joe Rogan is fully grasping what misinformation is. Let's look at a few examples. Eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now that's accepted as fact. This graph shows COVID-19 breakthrough cases over time. So people that got infected despite being fully vaccinated. Up until about the end of July, it was very rare for somebody who was fully vaccinated to test positive for the virus. Once the Delta variant started to become dominant and we saw breakthrough cases happening in fully vaccinated people more frequently, like in the Provincetown outbreak in July, that's when this became more common. And you can see that in the data. So all that example really shows. All right, I'm back. What are you listening to? Um... It, it was uh, this lady was using a clip of Joe Rogan talking about um, his response to people saying he was spreading misinformation about COVID. And this lady was like countering everything he was saying in his, you know, non-apology. 
uh, basically saying like, he doesn't understand what misinformation is and he doesn't understand what like mutating viruses are. And so he's just, yeah, he's saying, not a fucking doctor. Exactly. He he, he's, he's not, not qualified to speak on this yeah. shit. Um, it's, it's a good video. I was just watching it. It's pretty good. Just get your fucking uh, yeah, vaccine and let's keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird too. Like I've heard him say numerous times like before, like, um, you know, he used to say things like, well, I'm not a scientist or I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say one way or another. Like he would say stuff like that. Or he would yeah. say like, if you're not an expert on something, don't give advice on it. But now like, that's just his thing. That's just what he that's does. That's his thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll let me make sure. Okay. Peacemaker. What's that? Peacemaker Peace what? Peacemaker. Who's he? What? Ah, I'm just fucking with you. I know who Peacemaker <laughs> is, dog. It's having an out of body. I was like, what the, am I? <laughs> am I saying this shit wrong? Like, Peacemaker? I'm like, what? Yes, Peacemaker. So episodes uh, five and six we haven't talked about, I think. No, we talked about five. Did we? We did. That was the last episode. Oh, maybe you're right. Okay. Yeah. So just oh, six. I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> just yeah. six. Just six. So another episode that was directed by James Gunn. Oh, is that right? Yep. He directed this one. And and yeah, like he's and he's written all of them. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. He he wrote all of them. Yeah. Um so I mean, where, so where are we at in the show? Like, um, they, uh, the dad is in jail. The white dragon is in jail. He was trying to get you, out. Yeah. Um, they, we know that, uh, Mern is a butterfly. Is a butterfly. We don't know what his aim or goal is, but we know he's a butterfly. That was, that was how episode five ended. That's right. That's uh, right. Bayou found out cause she put on Peacemaker's helmet with the x-ray specs and she saw Mern and saw the butterfly in his head. And that episode ended with that confrontation and him chasing her out into the, the streets. And yet we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, that's basically it. That's that. Yeah. Those, that's those, yeah. Those are the big ticket items. And, and, and Peacemaker has the butterfly, like the, the leader butterfly in a jar. Golf. Golf. Who they have been. <laughs> Positioning golf, I mean, he named it. But, but I guess, I mean, it's, he didn't name it. Like, yeah. that was the senator's name. Uh, but, like, this butterfly in this jar have been kind of framed as, like, this pet. Yeah. Almost like eagerly. Yeah. Like, oh, I was like, hey, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to, like, he's taking care of this thing. Yeah. They and start so, communicating with it, you know, knock once for yes, twice for no. It's drawing peace signs on the thing. Like, it's. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was on episode six. Right. Okay. When they start doing that. Okay. But yeah. So episode six. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say uh, I think how Peacemaker have been treating golf definitely factors in to this episode because you think one thing and it's definitely not the whole, you are expect at least not what I was expecting. No, it's a big old red herring. Yeah. And they're they're totally leading you in the opposite direction and then it changes very dramatically and I was shocked. I didn't again I just I expected a different thing to happen. What I was expecting Me was too. like oh Mern is the actual bad butterfly and Goff is going to be a good butterfly and going to help them. That's what I was expecting to happen, which I think would see, be like See, I was I never thought that Mern would 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 be I never thought he was a bad mm. butterfly. I sure shit didn't think that the butterfly that was in this little jar 
was going to end up being the terror. Okay, okay, okay. So, so it is. they, um, the detective song and the white guy detective, I forgot his name, they try to tell the new police chief who's on Mern's payroll, we need to free... Because he's a butterfly, too. He's a butterfly, too. Uh, no, no, he's not. He's not. Uh, he is. No, 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 he is now. He wasn't before. He was just a crazy person thought, on, on Mern's payroll. Yeah, yeah, he's not oh, a butterfly. Oh, okay, okay. Because at the end of six... Right, yeah. Yeah. And I was, okay, so that explains that. I was he's like, just, well, he's just a crazy guy. He's just a crazy guy. How does that guy. happen if there's already... Yeah, he wasn't I just a butterfly. Assume, okay, I, just, I guess that was my assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. So Mern puts this police captain in, in place who will do what he wants. Song and the white detective are trying to get the white dragon out of prison because they know that he didn't commit this crime. And, and they, they know that it was it was Chris, Peacemaker. They, right, they know it was Peacemaker. So they go over his head, they get, they free the white dragon, and she, a, a song assembles like a, a team to go arrest Peacemaker. They surround his trailer, and they're all going to go in. Peacemaker, Vigilante, and Goff Butterfly are in the house yeah. talking. And eagerly, don't forget eagerly. And, and eagerly, and eagerly. Um, while this is going on, White Dragon get, leaves prison and is like, "Let's go to my house, gear up. We're gonna go kill my son." So now but he, he wants to get, but, but he wants to get his dick sucked. He wants to get his before. dick sucked by a Nazi. Yeah, first. he's like, yeah, bring a bring <laughs> yeah. one of our Nazi women yeah. to suck me off, and then yeah, I'm gonna kill my son. <laughs> this show is so fucking wild, and it happens like they show. And it does like, happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well. So, so now we have basically three factions of, of uh, going on so they're in the uh, trailer cops are coming in uh peacemaker Murray's trying to call him they're, they're, they're trying, to, trying call, to call him call peacemaker but he's not picking up his phone and i think it was out of bayou or somebody said we'll try vigilante yeah they pick up the phone and they're like the cops are coming now get the fuck out so <laughs> peacemaker vigilante vigilante tapes golf in like the glass jar around his waist so he can have his hands free. They climb out the top of the trailer and they're in the trees trying to escape. Song is like underneath them looking for them. They're not in the trailer, can't be found. She realizes they're up. Vigilante falls, smashes on the ground. The glass jar breaks and Goff the butterfly is free. Now, what did you think was going to happen at that point? Okay, so honestly, I... I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But... I was hoping that the one thing that I didn't want to see happen yeah. ended up happening. Yeah. And Goff goes and does a straight beeline towards uh, Detective Song. Is that her name? Song, yeah. yeah. Who and I, and I, I really and I, love. I love her. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> yeah, same. I, she is so good. I, I love her so much. Yeah. Me too. And so Goff flies into Song's mouth, and at this point, and, we've, and we've takes never her over. But we've never seen a butterfly go into a human yeah, for how and it takes over the host. I yeah. did not expect what the damage that it did. Yeah. So fucking violent because it's like burrowing into their brain. So yeah. she's like coughing up blood and convulsing. It was rough. It was traumatic. Yeah, I was. I was. I was livid. Yeah, I was. I was upset. Yeah, I was like, come. <laughs> Come on, yeah. man. Like, to the point where I was mad at fucking James Gunn for writing yeah. this shit. I'm like, why? Like, because, like, because, because, Ian, like you said, like, I was a really big fan of this character. I liked her a lot. And, but even still, I'm like, okay. So, golf goes into her, but I'm thinking, well, I don't know. I was like, well, there's no maybe, way they're coming out. Well, well maybe golf without, without is not going to. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But I was thinking, okay, well, she's dead, but maybe golf is not going to end up being... Right, like maybe he's been changed thing. by... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but no. And he just murdered her. Murdered her. And that threw me. And I, I was really sad. Me too. When that happened. Me too. I really was. I liked her a lot. And and, and there was no setup. There was no time to prepare no, for what no. happens to her. So Peacemaker and Vigilante start running through the woods. And they run into the police chief who's on Mern's payroll. And there's a bunch of cops surrounding Peacemaker and Vigilante. And the police chief kills them. Yeah, Just, like... Executes. Like, like execute shoots them in all in the face and like one. And I feel better about that too. I'm like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like these cops are just doing their job. Just doing their job. And, and, and you just murdered them but like, all. Gleefully. Like he's clearly he he's a psychopath killer. Like he yeah. he loves killing these people. And he's like, go take off. So he takes off. Or peacemaker and vigilante's take off. Song and the white detective. The white detective is like, we need to get you to the hospital and Song is like not even hiding the fact that she's an alien. She's just like, no, it's okay, human. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cut to so now then we see White Dragon fuck the Nazi. We don't see it, but we see the afterwards he fucked right, Nazi yeah. and he gears up and then all the Nazis are like, you know, hail white yeah, dragon. Yeah, he puts or his uh, white dragon attire on. And so here's the thing. Not to get too far ahead. I think it was episode two when Peacemaker and Vigilante went to the Papa's house, White Dragon's house, and they go inside the uh, the pocket universe or whatever. And remember that remember that comment where uh, Vigilante he sees the White Dragon outfit and he's like, "Oh, there's uh, slips in the armor." He should oh, think about yeah, yeah, getting yeah. that worked out that is going to come back mm-hmm. into play mm-hmm. i guarantee you of course like that that comment was not said just of course for no reason. Yeah, yeah you're totally right totally right yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so obviously peacemaker is going to have to kill his dad or um, vigilante does yeah it'll be peacemaker though yeah it should it should be peacemaker yeah. and that's like you know it's a common archetype even just most people most men deal with is like the idea not literally but the idea of killing your father so you can move forward and like that concept is very um normal yeah yeah um so we cut to so now we got the white dragon getting all the nazis together to go kill his son we've got uh mern and them trying to get to peacemaker to bring him back and they're trying to find out where like the distribution of the honey that they feed on the cow the cow the cow the cow which i'm expecting to be like a giant disgusting cgi character i'm really excited to see honestly i mean the the way that they are so on the nose it's gonna be a cow with the name it's gonna be a giant it's gonna be a giant cow cow. huge udders and yeah absolutely absolutely i'd be disappointed if it's not at this point (laughs) yeah anything less no no thanks (laughs) so then they show detective song in the police station and she like does something to the computer to make it like speak to aliens and she's typing or whatever and she walks out and then she's sitting in a park and then like thousands of those little alien ships come out and the butterflies pop out. Yeah. And this whole scene, I didn't see any of this shit coming. I didn't either. I it's didn't either. so bold and brazen. It was fucking horrifying. So bad. It, w- it was horrifying. Like once... 
because yeah, I was the same way. So you see, she's sitting down. It's it's you know night out, and you're seeing all these, but that look like stars. But then you start to see a whole bunch of them, and they're like moving, and it's all the little tiny spaceships these butterflies have been flying in. Which honestly, I, I'm curious to see how these insects are able to navigate these uh these ships. And honestly, how the fuck? How did you build these? You have no force. You have no thumbs. Like how the hell? But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> yeah. always curious about that. <laughs> but yeah, they all descend on her location. She does this scary screech to basically signal them, like, "Hey, motherfuckers, it's on. It's time. It's time." And they all get out of their ships, and they it's it's song, and just a thousands of butterflies behind her. And I, and she walked into the police station, and as soon as that happened, I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, and so oh, so they no. established like a little bit earlier when when Goff went into the song that it's super violent. These things like like a bullet like go right into yeah. your mouth, and like they and, fight and, and to get in your mouth. Yeah, and they fight. Yeah, and they're strong. They like pry open your mouth and burrow into your brain and kill you, and then like you're coughing up blood and whatever. And that's exactly what happens to every single cop and prisoner. In that police station. Yeah. Yeah. In, including the crazy chief. Yep. At the end. It was in the sound oh effect that they used. The spack. Yeah. Spack. Spack. I was like, oh man. It was like I I felt it was it was horrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's it was horrifying. So to see. Violent. Yeah. Normally with stuff like that in shows, when like something goes into somebody and takes them over, it's it's fairly like whatever. It just goes in. Yeah, but this like they really no. ex- accentuated like no no they're like fighting to get in and they're killing them to yeah. control them it it's, to control them yeah it's like these things are aggressive yeah and they take you over and like you said I mean you said it you know best like they they are burrowing into your fucking brain to take over all synapses of of, of the yeah. host with the memories of the prior right person and i like they even there's a, even a line where song says like nobody understands how different all of you humans are and how different your faces work so it's it's and how, and how difficult it is to smile yeah and how and then so there's a scene at the end where all the now butterflied humans are walking out and they're all tr- practicing <laughs> their smile it's super yeah. creepy and you know what uh the thing that also which i think is uh was a good point that they had uh stated in the show is that when autobio when she finds out about Mern, and then Mern is telling her, "Is like, look, I'm on your side. I yes, I'm a butterfly, but I'm on your side. I'm not. I'm here to help you." And then Harcourt knows that Mern's a butterfly. Oh, right, right. So does in uh, in Campos or whatever. They all know. But at a bio, she 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 brings up the fact. It was like, well, you killed this guy. You took over. You this right. person. And Mern goes out of his way to say, look, you know, I know, but I, I, I did my best to try to, like, this guy was a murderer. He was a killer. Right. I took over him and I know it wasn't right, but, you know, cause so they frame it in a way where it's like, and they, and they do. And, and he says this before you see how violent it is. Yeah. When one of these butterflies takes over a human so he so that's how Mern kind of, you know, says, like, look, I know it was the wrong thing to do, but I had to to do something to kind of help you humans here. And so I picked 
you know, what I thought would be the worst person. Like this guy was a, he was a serial killer, whatever the fuck. And, and he was, even he was saying, like, I still have his thoughts in my right. head, you know? And I thought that was a great way to kind of, I guess, get us ready. Although we didn't know about how violent it was going to get in terms of like when these butterflies just take over somebody that is good. Yeah. The shit's wild. Like, it's wild, man. Oh, and the other thing when we didn't, this is the first time we get to see eagerly in action also. Because up until oh, this yeah. point, Eagly has only just brought dead animals to Peacemaker. <laughs> so as Peacemaker and Vigilante are fleeing the trailer when the cops are chasing them, they're in the woods and cops are like surrounding them, try- going to kill them. And then you just see Eagly fucking bombing one guy, bombing the next, picking their eyes out. Like you see Eagly. Eagly is fuck gangster them as up. fuck. Yeah. And Eagly even Vigilante goes gangster. like, damn, Eagly's kind of brutal. <laughs> and Peacemaker's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, he comes in like a fucking, like a flying, like punch to the face. And yeah, yeah. he was taking eyes out. And it was so funny because like, I guess maybe the, the game designer inside of me, I'm watching this and I'm like, if they ever do a Peacemaker video game, yeah, eagerly, that's the power up. Yeah. Where you get into a situation where you need, you know, like, crowd damn. control or whatever, call in eagerly. Yeah. He comes in and like does, you know, you know, cleans out some of the grunts or whatever. I'm yeah. like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool to see that for the first, and it's, and it's, because the whole show, I'm thinking like, damn, Eagly doesn't do anything. Um, he's just like his buddy, and it was just a slow. That's enough. It was That's just enough. A, he's I there. I agree. I agree. He's, he's a support. support. He's a support animal. Brings him some food. Um, yeah. But then it was it was all just a build up to be like, no, 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 <laughs> it's coming, yeah. and it did. And so like this episode six was like a a big preemptive crescendo so obviously like episode seven will come down a little bit and then episode eight will be the see i don't know i don't know i think i think because uh, there's only two more episodes left yeah i guess there's that's eight. right i guess that's right. there's eight right yeah. and, they, and and this episode for me set the groundwork for okay so and like you like you said when you covered it you know the white dragon is in play yeah he wants to kill his son he wants to go peacemaker and now you've got this horde of butterflies golf in their thing so i mean they've only got two episodes to kind of wrap this up in any kind of way so i mean it's exciting because i mean and the episodes are an hour or close to an hour each but there's a lot of things that are on the table now that need to get kind of sorted out and i don't know if they're doing a season two i would imagine that they are seeing how successful this show has been yeah but i'm on pins and needles man i'm like i can't wait and that's where like, we're at. So we got the the good guys trying to hunt for the cow. We got the bad aliens trying to hunt for the good guys. And we got the Nazis trying to hunt for the good guys. Yeah. So at a certain point, they're all going to converge. It's all going to coalesce. Yeah. And it's going to be a giant war. And I, I, yeah, like you said, like I'm pins and needles, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. This show, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, cause I, I said when we were covering Hawkeye, how, in terms of like the Disney Plus shows, like Hawkeye, I was like, it was like my least anticipated of the Mar- of the Disney, Mar- you know, Disney Plus Marvel shows, and I ended up loving it the most. Yeah. And same thing with Peacemaker, where I'm like, I love the Suicide Squad, and I even like, and I like John Cena's Peacemaker in it, but I was like, they're doing a show about him. Yeah, I don't want to see a show like, about him. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see this. And it's the same thing where it's like, fuck. Yeah. This show is so good spectacular it's it's the best it's so good it's the best thing dc has done i mean you know in this the dc cinematic universe like this yeah. version of dc like since 1989 batman or whatever like 
which isn't which isn't part of the universe, of course. Well, I guess it is now. Um, yeah, it's the best. That. Well, because it, it is now because Keaton's coming back in Flashpoint. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. So, no, so gonna, now I'll, it's now it's canon. I was just gonna say, like, I think. I mean, you know how much I love Batman '89, so like that's in a rarefied air already. Yeah, yeah. Like that is separate from everything we're talking about. That's the fucking goat. Absolutely. Uh, but this show, in terms of like what DC has done, and I, and I will include like the CW shows, yeah, the movies in the last twenty years. That. This is the best. All of that. Yeah. This and that Superman show that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lois. What was uh, it called? Lois and Clark? Was Super- it Lois and Clark? Superman or? and Lois? Something like that. Whatever it is. Yeah. Two best things that yeah. DC has done. And, and and Peacemaker is way better than that, even though I really enjoyed that. Peacemaker is is for sure better. It, it's, it's so much tighter. It's so much tighter. There was like a lot of... There's, yeah, there's, yeah, no, there's, it is. I, there's fat I, I in took the a pause. Show. I took a pause only because it was like, well, you know, you're to try to compare... I mean, you can, but I mean, like one show has... Well, one, it's about Superman. Yeah. So there's only so much they can really do. And it's on, you know, WB regular TV. Or whatever it is, yeah. Versus, you know, dead or Deadpool. Uh, yeah. Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. DC Peacemaker. Deadpool, yeah. And him having just, you know, the writers and the creators just having carte blanche to just do a full tilt rated R show. Um, I actually would put, would hold them... Ah, uh, no, all right. Peacemaker's better. Yeah. It, it, and Peacemaker's the, the better. The Superman show but, is but great. Will, there's, just, there is, there's a bunch of fat in the Superman show. There like is. The, the there later is. episodes, you could you could remove one full episode of time and have a better Superman show. Yeah, I, I was just, for me, I, I think I was just kind of gauging it. Because recognizing the fact that both shows are fantastic, mm-hmm. um, just recognizing the fact that, well, one show was about this killer who yeah. grew up being a a fucking racist and everything who was, was taught from birth to be a killer versus Superman who was Superman. Like, I think both shows yeah. are great in just knowing the characters that they're building these shows around. True. You know, like that Superman show, like I said, I mean, was great because yes, that is Superman. Yeah. It felt like Superman. It felt me. like Superman. And Peacemaker is Peacemaker. Like, yeah, uh, there, yeah. there are no, uh, shortcuts given or there's no they're not trying to make him into anything else into anything other than what he is yeah and they're just very uh, authentic to the characters yeah on both those shows um and i and i love that the growth that peacemaker is going through and he and he and on, on episode six he had that conversation with harcourt he voices it yeah where he voices like look i'm, I'm having a hard time killing people now because she ends up doing the uh, the what was the backward dove of justice yeah, or whatever do, the dove book. of peace yeah the dove of peace like she ends up putting that on his gun um, after he was complaining about it in uh, episode one and two and she gives it to him and he basically just confides well first of all he kind of complains about it where it's like oh well this is he's still like he's still he doesn't understand like the way oh I say things and it affects people's feelings like he doesn't right. he doesn't yeah. get it yeah. Uh, but then he kind of, he kind of not, not not breaks down, but he just kind of comes clean with her and says, "Look, yeah, I'm having a hard time uh, doing the things that I did before, like killing people." And and that was actually a really sweet uh, scene between the two of them. Yeah, you know, because he 
he's vulnerable with her for the first time in like a real way. And then she also is vulnerable with him and tells him, is that like, look, you know, I don't think you're a complete asshole. I don't know if she used the word asshole. It might've been something harsher like than that. Bag of shit or something like that. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, you're like 85%. And, and, then, she, a, and then she gives, she tells him her first name for the first time. Yeah. Too. Right. Yeah. Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. And I like that. It was like, it was okay. So yeah. sweet. Yeah. It was great. Um, but then he also makes a distinction because she's like, look, we're about to go up against all these aliens. And he's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, he's like, I don't have a problem killing yeah, aliens. I don't mind killing aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that, that's right. That's right. So they pointed out, like, like, oh, no, I, I can kill aliens. I'll murder all the aliens. I don't care. I just don't want to kill people anymore. Like any yeah. people anymore. Especially kids, you know, Especially like this whole kids. thing. Was like, I don't want to kill kids. I want to kill women. But and yeah, kids. the aliens. Yeah, I can kill aliens. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like his whole, like the, the thing about him was like, you know, I'll, I'll fight for peace no matter who I have to kill. Like that was, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like fucking for virginity or whatever. It's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't work, man. Um, yeah, man. I, I can't wait to see these next two episodes, just two more weeks. I'm so excited, dude. The show yeah, is, it, it's just, it's such an easy watch. It's so fun and silly and over the top. And, and, and the characters are great, and you yeah. like the characters. And that, that's its strength. I mean, that's James Gunn's strength. He's like, okay, I'm going to make yeah. a very silly premise and a very silly uh, execution with characters that you care about, who are very sweet and flawed. And like, that's that's his thing. That's how he. That's Guardians. This. Yeah. Like, th that's his thing, um, and he does it really well. It's a uh, you know James Gunn in particular, and he's not the only one, but it. It's, you know, the depth of hand to, because like you said, it is silly. You know, this is silly, Guardians. But at the same time, to, to, to have the depth of hand to, depth of hand to create a show that is as silly as it is, but at the same time have the stakes that it also has where, yeah. you know, you like these characters and, and, and he's shown in Peacemaker not everybody's going to get out of this alive. Right. You know, so it's like there are stakes. It's it goes like he's able to balance that where it's like it's silly. It's kind of frivolous and fun. But then in the same moment, it can be deadly serious. Yeah. And there are repercussions and there are stakes like people are going to die. Yeah. And, and he he respects the characters like that's the big thing. Yeah. Like if you're going to make a silly show, that's fine. But you have to respect the characters and, and honor like the arc that they're supposed to have and the journey that's right. And then like how the audience interacts with them, like in their connection. And he, he nails that shit. Like he's like, yeah, he does it. I'm a true. And he this does it earnestly. consistently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, and, that, and that's the thing too, where it's like, it's, it's, it's funny and it's silly, but it's so earnest. Yeah. Like the, the jokes and the comedy are on, like we receive them. But the people that are either being funny or doing whatever, like they, they are being earnest in whatever comments they say. Like exactly, peacemaker he's, he's when he's funny, out, yeah. he says funny things, but he believes it. Yes, he believes it. Yeah, and and so that's where the comedy comes from. And so again, it goes back to your point about how earnest you know he makes his characters, whether they're supposed to be buffoons or comedic or the straight men and women or whatever, like. Yeah. It just resonates that much more because it's like, yeah, like they are not in on the joke. Right. We are. That's right. And, and, and a lot of shows like this, like 
relieve themselves of responsibility by winking at the camera. Yeah. But he, he doesn't do that. He's not no. winking at the camera. It's like, no, yeah. this, this is the world. This is, these are the characters. And I'm there. It's funny. Cause I'm, um, I write comedy in it, but I'm not, I'm not giving myself a way out by saying like, well, I was just joking with you. Right. Yeah. He, he doesn't yeah. do that. He takes it seriously. And that, that's why, it serious. that's why it works. That's why, you know, like the like guardians and all that shit and suicide squad, his version of it. That's why it works. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not uh, giving himself an out by being like, well, it's just silly comic booky, whatever, it, you know? Yeah. And you get a sense that because he's writing all this stuff, like he really does, you can tell his love for these characters. Yeah. And, uh, and even the ones that he, you know, murked in this episode with Detective Song and her partner, who I liked. Like, I liked those two together. Me too. And I'm sad that again, we're not going to get it, that same rapport again, that they it's, have. It's, it's, we've said it before, like, the strength of this show is every pairing, it doesn't matter who you pair together, you're going to get the buddy cop relationship. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and then they those two were great, I mean, literal cops. But yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah, everybody... I mean, we spoiled this. Hopefully you saw before you listened to this, yeah. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, Peacemaker is has been a revelation to me. I was not I was not expecting this level. Even even knowing that James Gunn was involved and I was a fan of James Gunn already, this has really been a huge pleasant surprise for me. Um, I didn't think I would be enjoying this show as much as I am. And and I'm getting sad now. Only two episodes left. I know. But but I am excited to rewatch it, like because it's so watchable. I'm it excited is. once it's all done. Like, yeah, I'll go through this again. I'll, this, yeah, just I, put them I on. could put this show on in the background. It could be like yeah. an office or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel the same way because like one of those shows. And this is the best compliment I can give to any show after I've seen it or as I've watched it for the first time. Where it's like I just love the characters so much. I just want to be around them. Yeah, I want to hear them interact. I want to yeah. hear them. Uh, you know, communicating with each other and just, I just want to be present with these characters. Yeah. Parks and Rec had that for me. The totally. Office had that for me. Absolutely. This show, uh, Shit's Creek, which I'm pretty sure you probably haven't started watching yet, mm -mm. but it's just one of those shows where it's like the, the, the chemistry and the, just the, the, the acting and the chemistry of it all was like, yeah. I just, I just love being around them. I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, the music is good and it, it's pretty to look at. It's, it's just a solid show. Like the, the 10 out of 10, man, it, it's a great yeah. show. It's a great yeah. show. Yeah. 10 out of 10 for me. Nothing uh, bad to say. I'd be surprised if it dips below that. Yeah. Um, I, I would be shocked if they don't stick the landing here. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if they don't, that would be, well, one, it would make good content for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm hoping that they do, obviously. I've never seen James Gunn not stick the landing, though. Yeah, like, me neither. E even me if neither. you're not terribly invested in the film, he the endings always are appropriate to the the, to the story. To that the he's, rest of the story. Like, he, he, yeah. he, he's not one of those writers or directors who doesn't know how to end his thing. Yeah. You know, like a you know what? M. Night he's Shyamalan the, or something. I was going to say, he's, he's the anti- uh, Abrams. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's the anti-Abrams. Like, yeah. Abrams, like, and, and I like J.J. I like a lot of stuff that he's done. So talented, great filmmaker. But one of the biggest things for me, and and, I didn't, and this is me saying this, who's never watched Lost, mm -hmm. oh. he really has a hard time ending his films in yeah. a satisfying way. Like, yeah. he's really good with the premise. Yeah. And coming up with a, this is what this is. But then it's like, well, 
by the end of it, you're just like I'm for me, at least I'm usually disappointed by totally. the outcomes of his films. Yeah. Like, like Stephen King or JJ Abrams or, yeah. you know, M night Shyamalan. It's like, yeah, like conceptually, this is great, but you should have brought somebody in to help you wrap this. Shit right. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but gun is good. Like I, it seems to me like he's he knows how he wants his things to start and he knows how he wants them to end. Yeah. And then which is the best way to do it. And then you work that way. It's you know what I mean? Man. Where it's like, yeah. here's where it starts, here's where it ends. Now let's meet in the middle here to kind of make sure everything makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. He's it, great at that. Yeah. It's tough to work to write something in a linear fashion where you're like, oh fuck, well now I don't Right. I don't I don't know where to go. It's it's good if you have like a concept of how you yeah. want it to wrap up. Um I don't know if James Gunn writes that way, but whatever he's either. doing, I'm just, I'm just, just assuming he does. Yeah, the shit works because it, it feels cohesive too. It doesn't like there's a confidence in his stuff. It's like he knows yep. what he's doing. Like he has a vision, and that's what you're looking at. It doesn't feel like he's, and also it never feels like he's pandering. No, no, you know, like even even in a lot of like the Marvel stuff, which and I, and I like a lot of the Marvel stuff, but like there's there's definitely a lot of pandering, like where they they might feel in it and certainly the dc shit too where it's like we don't have a very strong story so i'm just going to give you things that you like and then hope that that kind of wins you over to to right, mask yeah. the fact that we didn't write this very well yeah there's none yeah, of that like here. the blatant fan service yeah exactly just to like get you on on board because there's not really a good story here yeah. yeah yeah but this it's no there's a good story and there's fan service and it's all the stuff it's fucking great man it's so good man James Gunn, you the man, dog. A plus, A plus, Mr. Gunn. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, uh, Thursdays. It's two more Thursdays. Two more Thursdays. And I know you haven't, and uh, uh, probably going to wrap it up, but I know you haven't seen Boba Fett yet, but Boba Fett's really great, too. I've heard mixed things about it, to really? be honest. Yeah, I have. I don't, I, I get the sense from, you know, podcasts I listen to, other podcasts, not, not this one, of course. Uh, and stuff that I read that the show, not that it's bad, mm -hmm. but that it's just not consistent from episode to episode. Like there's some episodes that are kind of like, eh, not a whole lot happened. And then there are episodes where they're like, oh, that was really good. Mm -hmm. Like I heard this last episode was really good, but it was mostly because it's The Mandalorian not, was in it. The last two episodes, five and six, Boba Fett's not in it at all. They're, they're Mandalorian yeah. episodes. Right. Um, yeah. But I like that about the show, actually. Um, on, on the whole, the show's super fun. Um, okay. I mean, I'll check it out. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going to watch it. I, I haven't yet. And is it, is it eight two, eight episodes or do we know how, I don't know how long it is. They just did six, eight, yeah. eight, eight or 10 would probably make eight sense because they're, yeah. they're wrapping up. Like they're, they're also heading to a giant battle with multiple factions. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. It's super good. It's it's as good as the Mandalorian. I felt the same way about the Mandalorian. Like it was a little hit and hit and miss. Okay. Um, yeah, I felt the same way. But yeah. ultimately, like more hits than misses. Totally. Mandalorian. And like yeah. overall, it's still super good. Yeah. Um, like the first season of Mandalorian, there were two episodes that were legitimately bad. I thought, like, really, oh, this is a, that's a terrible episode of TV. But like overall, I like. And then the second season was much more solid. And okay. I think Boba Fett as a whole is more solid than the Mandalorian. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. but it's fun. Obviously I will take your word over anybody else. <laughs> so I'll, yeah. I'll check it out as, um, as, as uh, one of the best white people, you know, you can trust me as, yeah, <laughs> as one of the, ah, that's right. The, that's right. 
white Graham Baker <laughs> is the best of the Graham Bakers. Not to be confused with the other Graham Bakers that aren't white. Yeah. I'm the best white Graham Baker. You're the best white Graham Baker. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I know um, you will. I know you will. <laughs> it's a great compliment I just yeah, gave yeah, you right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking fantastic. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, it was nothing, nothing more to say there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, all right, should we wrap this one up then? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I gotta, I guess, figure out what I'm gonna eat mm. for dinner. I gotta work out. That's it. I got a long yeah, day good. tomorrow. Well, you work out at home, yeah. so you can you can you don't have to go outside and see the the darkness that is now descended upon us. I know. You need to put the lights on. I know. Yeah, yeah I can't work. I can't. I can't work out when it's dark. I'm gonna struggle, man. I'm really gonna struggle. I'm, I'm gonna get through it, but. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Do All it. Right. All right. Um, rate and review on iTunes. Like and subscribe wherever else. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. And hey, big shout out to um, the Pro Wrestling Shoot and uh, Everything Pro Wrestling, uh, both wrestling podcasts and, and good friends of the show, uh, Jesse and Conrad. They're always like really cool with us on on Twitter. they are it's, they are uh i mean and i'm glad you you mentioned them because uh, yeah i do you listen to the to our episodes to like the bombcast episodes yeah i skim through them as i'm mixing you, them. okay yeah so i don't mm-hmm. ever i i basically i record with you and it's out there in the ether, in the ether yeah. It's, yeah. it's there i, I listen but as I, much as like making sure it sounds fine yeah but I, I do, yeah, to your point. Uh, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Conrad, for your continued support. And uh, to everybody that listens to this, I would recommend, we would recommend that you listen to their shows as well uh, at Everything Pro Wrestling and at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Great podcast, great guys. I'm actually going to see Jess, Jesse oh, that's right. on the 20th. I'm going to Portland, Oregon. I booked my my flight in my hotel. The first time that I'm flying since 2019. Wow! Before the pandemic, we're gonna go to a prestige wrestling event. That him that him and his you know his podcast they're one of the the sponsors for it. Oh, okay. right, that's right, that's so, right. Yeah, so that's that's huge for him. <clears throat> so I'll be out there hanging out with Jesse, and I'll take some photos and everything. We'll put them. We'll tweet them out, I guess, on our uh, the official Bombcast Twitter. Or I guess you will. You do everything. Send them me. put them up. You do everything. I just show up to record. That's, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah. this is episode 53. 53, man. Boom. We did the shit. We did the we shit. Did it. Over a year's worth of episodes starting today. Um, yeah. This is the most consistent we've ever been. I know. This last know. year. Thanks to you. And, and your... You. Uh, Eh, to you the, the, and your dutiful efforts. Thank you, man. Well, the last two weeks has been you you pushing. Nor- normally it's me, but the last two weeks have been you. I was I was happy happy about that. Yeah. All right. All um. Right. But yeah. Uh. Support them. Thank you for supporting us. Um. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, were we recording? Yes, sir. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you for listening. We love you all, except for you, Christine, right? Christy. Christy. Chris, yeah. Christy. Hey, hey, Christy. Christy uh, from New Mexico. Fuck you. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Peace.
the bombcast